This is Beers and Buckets, a podcast for degenerates like us who drink beer and watch basketball. We are the only college basketball podcast that reviews beer and the only beer review podcast that talks college basketball. So grab a beer, throw on a game, and hang with us. Hey guys, Selection Sunday is here. We have a incredibly, ridiculously bonkers episode for you planned. Uh, we've actually wrapped up all our interviews and we're recording this after our interviews, but it's just crazy like what we just sat through, the amount of knowledge that people just dropped on us. Uh, like who knows how much you could talk about a mid-major team. We will find you will find out in a little bit. But uh it's just absolutely wild what we just sat through. So like always, I'm joined by Dow and Matt. All right, we won't hold you back anymore. Let's get into these interviews. So yeah. All right, we're joined by Nick Lorenzen of Mid Major Madness, one of the bigger accounts that uh that is joining the podcast tonight, the show tonight. Nick, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. Tired. This is the, I just finished up my 25th game I covered since last Friday. So, I mean, Jeez. if I slur my words, it's not because I'm drunk. It's just because I need to get some sleep. <laughs> I don't blame you for that. That's man. what Matt always says, too. <laughs> that is true. It is beers and buckets, but yeah. All right, so we, we decided that we're not going to make you talk about every single mid-major team that made it to the bracket this year because you would be here all night. I know you're a busy man. You got a lot of stuff going on. You got your own stuff you got to work on, but we just appreciate you coming on and talking a little bit of uh, mid-majors here. So got to ask you, are there any teams that we should be like really keep an eye on in this tournament that, uh, you know, that could really make a splash as far as being a mid-major goes? Well, I'm, first of all, I know you said you guys are talking about with someone with the A-10. And I bet you they'll double down on it. I saw Richmond this weekend. I think Richmond's outstanding. But I feel like this is going to be one of the chalkiest tournaments in a long, long time. I'd, I'm not really a big fan of many of these matchups. I think every year I end up saying, you know, this is going to be the year Vermont does it. This is going to be year they do it. But Ryan Davis is an outstanding basketball player, and he's going up against Arkansas. I think they got a chance there. And then, I mean, if he, it's going to be hard for him to go up against – Adma Sinogo and the if UConn advances over New Mexico State, which could be another team that may pull off an upset there. But I think Vermont has a little sleeper uh, sweet sixteen vibe there. And then right over there on the south in Pittsburgh, I mean, I've seen uh, – I'm going to the games in Pittsburgh. I've seen three out of the four mid-majors, so I was kind of disappointed. But at least it's UAB and Chattanooga. Those two teams are fun to watch. Shout out I think Andy both, Kennedy. Yeah, Andy Kennedy, uh, Coach AK, former Ole Miss head coach. He, he has Houston in the first round. I feel like that's going to be a really close one. It will probably be within a score there at the end. And then Chattanooga in Illinois. I don't think Chattanooga has the size to really match up against Illinois, but they could definitely find a way to win. I mean, they found a way to win that conference championship. David Jean Baptiste a damn near half court shot at the buzzer to avoid the upset from happening there. Yeah. But I uh, I mean South Dakota State maybe against Providence it's more of a Providence thing and South Dakota State's just a really solid all-around team. Definitely. But I mean outside of that I don't really think there could be that many upsets. Uh, maybe Wyoming if they end up beating Indiana. 
beating St. Mary's. But St. Mary's is one and two against Mountain West teams this year. And the only win was a win against Utah State. And the win against Utah State was Utah State got absolute ho- absolutely hosed. And that pretty much ended their season. I believe that was early December. So Definitely. We'll uh, – we'll Yeah, I, I know that the... – oh. Go ahead, Dale. No, I was gonna say the the two the two big men majors that I had my eye on. I guess men majors like outside of the Gonzaga, the the kind of bigger teams, uh, Vermont and South Dakota State were the two. And I'm just sad that Vermont has to play Arkansas there. I think if they get past Arkansas, they could definitely make the Sweet 16. Uh, and then South Dakota State has a matchup against Providence, who's like the luckiest team in the history of ever. But mm-hmm, yeah. If they, if they if they get beat them, they have to play Iowa, who's another one of my teams that I really like a lot. So uh, it was kind of sad that I don't get to see them like potentially make like an elite eight run, probably. But those are the two that I was the most excited about. I was an outstanding team. I mean, it sucks that Richmond had to draw them too. That should just I think that may be the game of the first round. That's going to be a hell of a basketball game. Keegan Murray against Jacob Gilliard is going to be that's going to be some fun TV. I hope that's Thursday. It is Thursday. Good. Yeah. Uh, we'll kind of rope in. You won't hear me on. saying a bad thing about Richmond. <laughs> That's true. You've been a Richmond stand since day one of the season. But um, we, yes, uh, we'll we rope in uh, the American Conference. And just for, you know, craps and giggles here, like, do you think Memphis will uh, – do you think they have what it takes now that they're actually playing a point guard at the point guard? Or, you know, what do you, what do you think about Memphis there? I think they could beat Boise in the first round, which sucks because I absolutely love Boise. So Boise got hosed there with that draw. And then whoever wins that game has to go out and play Gonzaga. It's like (laughs) way to screw two of the more, two of the teams who could be more fun in the tournament. They got to go out and play Gonzaga. And I don't know how Georgia state got a 16. They, I want to say they won like at least eight in a row to end the season. So I don't understand that draw there. I'm I'm really intrigued about Bryant. Yeah, they were only they're only 151 in Kinpom. Georgia State. Yeah, makes sense there. Do you th- do you think Bryant? Do you think Bryant has any any length to make it at all, like past the first four? Well, first of all, I think that White Wright State Bryant game should be an absolutely outstanding game. Wright State, I covered them last year. They have great players at every single position. I don't I love Brian. I love Peter Kiss, but I don't even think they could win that game just yeah, because true. the size the size difference that Wright State has up against them. But the I don't usually vouch for these sixteen playing games, but that's gonna be an outstanding basketball game. Yeah, absolutely. They're right next to each other on Ken Palm. All right, well uh, last question here and we'll we'll let you go. What's your – doesn't matter, mid-major, any Power 5 team, doesn't matter what it is. First-round matchups, what's what's just one that you're kind of like – you saw and you're like, I'm ready to watch this game now? Well, I touched upon one earlier, and it was the Richmond game. I mean, I think that should be an outstanding game. But Colorado State-Michigan should be a really fun one. You yeah. got Hunter Dickinson up against David Roddy. That's, that's going to be a fun battle down low. And uh, another one – Going back to the A-10, you got Michigan State against Davidson. Foster Lawyers, Davidson's point guard, transferred from Michigan State. He did really well at Michigan State, and so it's going to be a little bit of a revenge game there. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. So David David Roddy is always just so fun to watch. All right, man. Well, if you want to plug anything now, any accounts, any podcasts, anything now, go ahead and drop drop. Where can we follow you? Where can we follow those at podcasts or accounts or anything like that? Yeah, just follow me over on Twitter at N Lawrence Sports N L O R E N S C N Sports and Mid Under Dash Madness. Awesome. Well, we appreciate coming on, taking the time to talk with us, and uh, go ahead and get your other appearance in on whatever you need to do. I know this is a busy, this is your Super Bowl Sunday, man. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, yes, dude. Sir, get, I love it. Find some, find some time to get some rest. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I will. I will be sleeping until like five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Have take care, one, man. man. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you, guys. It's official. All right, now we're joined by Jeremy and Pat of the College Basketball Stories podcast. If you guys follow me on Twitter, uh, if you follow Beers and Buckets on Twitter, you guys know that uh, I was on this podcast earlier in the year back in like January, early January. So talking with Beard about the 2013-2014 Kentucky team. Uh, so, yeah, uh, guys, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us on. Well, yeah, happy to. A little salty, but happy to be uh, here. I imagine you are. Yeah, that's so, fair. If you guys didn't know, obviously, <laughs> if you don't listen to the College Basketball Stories podcast, they are big Dayton fans, and Dayton got a little bit snubbed, if you want to call it that. But I think they got snubbed. But yeah, uh, <laughs> a little bit snubbed. They got snubbed. A little bit, yeah, snubbed. Yeah, but they got snubbed. But anyways, I, I'd like to get out ahead of this because I don't think we got snubbed. Uh, I appreciate your condolences and your kind words. Um, instead, I think that, uh, we just got unnecessary additional pain by them, like focusing in on us as the first team up. Yeah, that's fair. Well, at least you can admit that you don't feel like it's a title contender. The only thing that could be worse than being snubbed would probably be like having like a really good historical level team. And then just some random reason having the entire tournament canceled. (laughs) Like if you could just fathom such, I mean, I, I, I just making something up right now. The that, only that thing sounds more, way worse. That that, that could be way, way worse. worse. I mean, yeah, especially right. if you're like a mid-major team who never had that type of success or hadn't had it recently. But you know, had a things like that don't even happen. Their so. team, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> now you're just getting crazy, Connor. That's just wild. Yeah. All right. So it took us 20 seconds to make it a Dayton Flyers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll take it even less to turn it around to Kentucky, so we can keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know Jacob Top and Obi Top and were right here already? It's Did you guys know they were brothers? Had no idea. They don't remind us at all in every nope. Kentucky game no ever. You're late, Connor. We've already talked about this. <laughs> Willie Colley-Stein plays football, too. Yeah, Willie Colley-Stein plays football, and Jacob Toppin is Obi Toppin's brother. Yeah. All right, so we will jump into the questions here. Just going over what teams the A-10 made, Davidson and Richmond. Pretty incredible that Richmond, you know, like last week their coach was on the hot seat. Now he's going to be coach of the year, apparently. Yeah, but um, so did all of the teams from your conference make the tournament that you believe as Dayton fans should have? I can take that, Pat. Um, no, yeah, I, sure. I mean, I think as of today, yes. As of a week ago, um, you know, I, there were a number of teams that were on that bubble. Um, we were kind of all there to yeah. a degree. I mean, I think Davidson was the lock, um, but certainly Dayton was right there, as we know. Um, even teams like St. Bonaventure, SLU, VCU, uh, Richmond, I guess, but they were, you know, certainly on the uh, deep side of the, even in contention, they needed something like this to happen to yeah. uh, even, you know, have any consideration. But yeah, I mean, we expected to maybe be around that three bid team. 
uh, our three bid league. Um, but you know, I think we pretty much knew it was going to be two going into tonight. The Saint yeah, Bonaventure joke all year has been. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say the joke all year has been you know one big one bid league from the start potentially zero bid league, um, and you know if Davidson lost that final or won that final against Richmond, everyone kind of thought that they would be the only team in. Yeah. Um, you know, I think VCU probably has a stronger case than Dayton to be in, um, but that's a story for another day. So. I mean, the St. Bonaventure, like, I thought they were they were kind of a shoe-in. I mean, they were preseason top 25, and, you know, like, I think Matt predicted on it, like, week one or week two, if they slipped up in that non-conference, it, it was going to bite them in the butt, and it surely did. I mean, the non like, they did lose early in the non-conference, and then, you know, like, just the conference as a whole not being super strong, you had to win out almost to, to make it through, and then they didn't, and so... Uh, they beat St. Louis on the two games that really didn't matter. You know, like they just need to beat St. Louis once and they didn't. So that was a tough way to lose too on, on two missed free throws. That's just, that just sucks. That just sucks. But yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was brutal to watch. Um, especially your senior guard who yeah. was picked preseason, I think yep. uh, first team all conference. Yeah. Uh, it's just tough to watch. And they were a senior laden team. Um, yeah. They were picked preseason number one to, to win the conference. Uh, but I mean, Mark Schmidt didn't play, doesn't play anyone on their bench. Yeah. I think they have the least amount of bench minutes in America, which is crazy. Uh, so these guys are playing 38, 40 minutes a game every night. So, I mean, by the time this, this thing rolled around, they were probably gassed. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. On Ken Palm, they have the like depth chart over the past five games that have, which like who has played each position. And for three of them, they only have one guy. Yeah. They, just, they just play no one. Yeah. All right, I so, got to see them. So they played. They played Virginia Tech at the like in Charlotte for that tournament where Richmond played someone and Wake played. Um, Wake ended up playing a game too. I have a couple friends that are big uh, Richmond fans. I went there, um, and we got there at the like middle of the first half, and they were already getting blown out by Virginia Tech by like thirty. Uh, Saint Bonaventure was. It was a very yeah. That was, that was crazy because. Dayton had played Virginia Tech a couple weeks prior, and yep. he blew them out of the water yeah. at home, I think by almost 30. Uh, and so we're like, all right, you know, Bonaventure's going to go in, give them a good game. And then they just got throttled from the start. And that's when I think kind of everyone in the in the league uh, kind of noticed that they were, you know, the St. Fraud Adventures. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if it was Holm, Jalen Holm, or Jaron Holmes or Kyle Lofton. One of them, that was like his first game back, and you could just tell he was not healthy, yeah, and they right. just got – destroyed yeah connor before you move us on um just real quickly uh, i just want to acknowledge our future member of the a10 uh loyal chicago also made it so maybe with a, a large asterisk we're uh three bit <laughs> there we go i honestly i'm, I'm ready to when, i'm ready to talk it i'm ready to write it down loyola chicago over ohio state like that's the easiest pick i think in this in this first round to me but well, and it's hard not to. Not even, you, not even a question. Yeah. Well, and you look last year, Loyola Chicago pulled the upset over Illinois. Ohio State lost to uh, Oral Roberts, was it? So it's like both these teams are on that end where you have uh, one side saying, not again, and another side saying, we can easily do this. Yeah. So, yeah, I think yeah. – that, and then there's seven and ten matchups, not even a 15-2 or anything like that. So, no, yeah, it's nothing it's, crazy. That's nothing crazy at all. I think that's – that's uh, one that I'd put down. And Ohio State, Ohio State, they've been like they've 
lost three games in a row last week. Like they they are trying to make up games from COVID when they took a pause from COVID, and it's absolutely bitten them in the butt. So, um, yeah. So we will we will move on though to to save us time here a little bit. So are you guys happy with the seeds of these two teams? I know Davidson got the 10 seed in the West and then Richmond got the 12 seed in the uh, Midwest, not Mideast, Midwest. So are they overseeded, underseeded, properly seeded? What do you guys think about these two? I think, uh, I think they're both pretty fairly seeded. I was sort of thinking Richmond might get a 13 just because they've been a little bit down all year. Um, But I think, sort of end of year results matter, especially in the Absolutely. tournament. So they're riding that high. Uh, Davidson has kind of been underrated and not really looked at all year uh, for their resume. It's it's relatively strong. Um, I think they're a dangerous number 10 seed, to be honest. I think uh, we can get into it in a minute, but just their guard play and Foster Lawyer. Uh, he's a former, former Michigan State guard who transferred to Davidson this year. You know, there's a storyline there. If, if they can upset them and meet Duke in the second round, it, it sets up nicely for a potential. Um, oh, no, please don't beat Duke upset. in the second round. Round of 32 upset. <laughs> <laughs> I, I With Davidson, you know, it's it's exactly what I expected, to be honest. I thought it was going to be a 10 seed for them. Uh, their resume is not, like, amazing. Their record's strong. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think right when I saw it, I was like – that seems low. Like it just feels low. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think to a degree, it's just what the A-10 is right now that in terms of, you know, in the, the landscape of college basketball, it's, it's a conference that's looked down upon a little bit. And so, um, you know, I think that it's again, what I expected, but would have liked to have seen it a little bit more. Once I saw that they were the, in that first quadrant revealed um, as a 10. And I was like, well, the 0.00001 chance that Dayton was going to make it is just gone now yeah. because of that view of the A10. Yeah, absolutely. But, you <laughs> yeah. Know, the nail was coming harder later. <laughs> so, what? So, I'm a little bit upset, pick happy here. And tell me, Richmond brings something to the table. Because they play Iowa in the first round, which that's an offensive team. If the offense doesn't show up, you can get beat. I, I've got South Dakota State beating the next beating the Providence, so can that's a 13 seed. Maybe they can um, they can win that. And then I got San Diego State beating Kansas. So yeah, San Diego State Richmond in the Sweet 16. Can Richmond make the Elite Eight? Like I mean, obviously all that has to happen, but like we've seen Wilder. Yeah. But but in order that happen, I need I need to know Richmond has something that can do that. Do they have the player? Do they have a shooter? Do they have a skill set that if they get hot, watch out. So I can take this because I know Pat doesn't want to say anything good about Richmond. <laughs> um, I think that <laughs> they are not a very exciting team. Um, and that's not just saltiness because we lost to them. Um, they are not a high-powered team team um they're an experienced team they are going to grind you out and try and take you down in that fashion they do have um some ability to score certainly jacob gilliard um senior guard can take over the game um as he did in the you know last fourth of the game against dayton when they really came back um tyler burton as well a um 
Adam Scott, the actor lookalike, who uh, <laughs> Dude, we do not yes. like very much. Uh, yeah. The Canadian, he, the Canadian assassin. He can fill it up, God, though. He's, God damn it, he's he can score. So you know, if those guys get hot, um, there's really no reason that they can't, you know, have a game. Um, I think that they're suited to try and throw a team off, um, you know, and so if they you know run in here to Iowa, who's a high-powered offense, one of the best in the the nation, if they can throw them off, then you know, that gets them a little worried if they can grind out the game and it to a little bit of lo- more of a low scoring game. Uh, sure. They can, you know, make a run. I, I'm not going to stamp them as my elite eight run team, but you know, crazier things have happened. Yeah, so yeah, to- what, what, uh, what Richmond does have is they've, they've got senior leadership. Um, I mean, these guys have been around forever. Uh, Grant golden in the middle. I think he started playing, in the A-10, uh, in the 2000s, he's been around literally since yeah. the golden ages. Um, so they've just got that veteran leadership, and I think it showed in the game versus Dayton. I think it showed at the end of the game versus Davidson as well, just keeping that composure when things might not be going your way. And that says a lot this time of year. So if they do have one thing that you can kind of check the box on, that's it for sure. So yeah, to, to kind of borrow from explain it to me like I'm five, explain it to me like I'm a Kentucky fan, guys. How many of these guys on this team beat us last year? Because I remember that. You know, that's the, really the only Richmond the I watched. Team. They had the little guard. Okay, then then I'm, same, I'm good. Same exact I'm, I'm saying it now. Richmond to the Elite Eight. If, yeah. if, if South Dakota State and San Diego State win. Like, I don't think they can beat Kansas, but I think they can – I think they can slow down Iowa. I certainly think they can slow down that offense at South Dakota State. And I feel like San Diego State kind of plays like they do. So once I'm already that in, I'm all in. Elite Eight, let's go Richmond Spiders. <laughs> yeah, Richmond, it could be that care or, less, but... or they're down 20 early to Iowa. Yeah, like, right. it, yeah. yeah. There's really not going to be an in-between, I don't think. Yeah, okay, enough. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to hedge my bet. They either get embarrassed by Iowa or Elite Eight. We're on this. We're on this <laughs> train. Go. Richmond, Man, I Richmond's starting I five. Higher expectations. Sorry, go ahead. I was saying Richmond's starting five is legitimately like a year and a half older average age than the Oklahoma City Thunder starting lineup. <laughs> They're all like 24. Well, well that, that Oklahoma City Thunder lineup is actually just draft picks. Like that's all it is. It's just like SGA <laughs> it's and true. draft picks. It's just <laughs> all, it's all future draft picks. <laughs> what are you saying, nah, Patrick? I, I, I was going to say that uh, I have actually higher expectations for Davidson. I just think they drew a, a decent matchup, and I think there's a, a good kind of storyline at play that the committee definitely leaned into with um, Davidson's guard, Foster Lawyer, just being a Michigan State transfer after spending three years there. Revenge game. Um, you know, it's his, yeah, chance to lead his new team over an upset against, you know, one of the blue blood coaches in America. Um, I think I have higher expectations for them of pulling off that upset than than uh, Richmond. Well, so speaking of expectations, we kind of, I mean, you have that there. So what, what are your expectations for both teams here in the A-10? Uh, like honest expectations, not biased because, you know, saltiness or whatever. <laughs> you want to start, Pat? Yeah, I, I, I do think Davidson wins uh, one, if not maybe two games. Uh, they could give Duke a good – shot i think duke is uh young and inexperienced as well uh, and i think that's showed in this kind of string of games that they've played recently to well. knock off uh, michigan Richmond, state and duke would be huge in the first two rounds but yeah, given them is okay back to back is that's historic yeah yeah it's a it's a gauntlet for sure uh but davidson's played well all year and i think uh 
you know, if anyone can do it, they can from our conference yeah. at least. Uh, Richmond, I just, I have no idea what to expect. I mean, I think people wrote them off coming into the conference tournament. Um, they've been kind of joked around all year. You know, the, uh, the senior citizen jokes were alive all year, mm-hmm. but they just rattled off four games in four days. They beat the number one, two, and three seed in the A-10 during the conference tournament. Um, they came from behind in all, I think all four games, honestly. So I have no idea. They're a wild card. I really don't know what to expect, and that's not a good answer. <laughs> no, that's fine. I just that's don't fine. Know. What about you? I expect, yeah, I expect um, Davidson to beat Michigan State. And I expect that game against Duke to be a nail biter, assuming Duke gets past Cal State Fullerton, uh, which Fair we enough. know for Duke is not not a guarantee. <laughs> not a guarantee. Um, not a guarantee. And I think that would really, if they were able to win those two games, I think that'd be a really intriguing matchup against potentially a Texas Tech team. Um, the no middle defense there that they, of course, continue to run. Their defense um, is all right. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think that. Richmond, yeah, I mean, I. it's weird to say that we don't know what to expect from a team that we've seen play, like, countless games. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I, I just think that it is good coming into the tournament being hot, and, you know, it is, it is usually a good sign for a team that's playing some good basketball. Uh, but at the same time, they didn't get the double buy in the A10 tournament, so they played four games in four days. That's they've played a lot of basketball. Yeah, um, and they got old man knees. Yeah, I mean literally old <laughs> men on their team. Um, so you know, I think that I, I think that Iowa game is just going to be tough. I think Iowa's got too much, um, and you know, I don't as much as Matt wants to see them in in the Elite Eight. I don't think that they're going to be able to hang with Iowa and um, you know, we'll probably get, I think we'll be guaranteed one win from the a 10 and potentially up to about three wins. Well, two, at least two, if you count Loyola Chicago. Yes. <laughs> true. True. Fair enough. Boost those numbers. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. I can't wait count for Loyola that, Chicago to join the a 10 They're going to, they're going to boost you guys instantly. It's going to be awesome. All right. So, yeah, um, so. real quick, just give me one matchup, no matter what the conference is in the first round that you're looking forward to, that you're like, you want to watch this right now. Mm. Let me pull it up. So. I can't find the bracket. And I've got the bracket. I'm just line. scrolling around. Um, Here, you can read it off of this. That's helpful. Yeah, that's that's okay. <laughs> not, not helpful. It's I not have, helpful. I have two. Um, which one would you rather hear about? LSU, Iowa State, or USC, Miami? Ooh. USC, Miami. USC, Miami. Yeah. Okay. I don't know shit about USC, but <laughs> that doesn't matter. Um, okay, so the game I'm looking forward. Jared, I'll take I'll take Iowa State. All right, cool. I have a, yep. I have a- Shout out Levi with Iowa State. Um, yes. Okay, so the game I'm most looking forward to is a 7-10 matchup in the Midwest region: USC versus Miami. Uh, Dayton actually ran into Miami early in the season um, during one of the conference tournaments. They've been up and down, but um, are a quality team. I think it's going to be a fast-paced game. Um, those are always pretty fun to, to watch. I think this game is going to be somewhere in the 70s. And 
Um, you know, it's easy to pick a 10-7 upset. Um, they're hardly even upsets at this point. But, um, you know, I look for, for Miami to get through there and, um, you know, really give Auburn a run. They've been really struggling lately, and it would be um, interesting to see a, a 10 seed kind of fly into the Sweet 16 there. Yeah. What about you, Pat? All right, my, uh, my matchup that I'm looking for is uh, LSU versus Iowa State. I know nothing about Iowa State, but I can't stand LSU's former coach, Will Wade, uh, who just got let go. Why they would do that um, like a... before the tournament makes <laughs> yeah. no sense to me. But They should make, they should make Coach O be the interim coach. That would yes. be awesome. That would, right, that yeah. would be peak <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> yes. He's, go, 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 he's the right he's coach, so. Get the ball right there and scream. That'd be I mean, do you, th- do you think Iowa would come do you think Iowa State would come back with uh Matt Campbell just on the other sideline? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. But uh yeah, I just I have uh I think as a Dayton fan, I just have a hatred for Will Wade and uh, yes. anything he touches, I'd like to see burn to the ground. Will, Will so uh, hoping Iowa State pulls off that upset. Will Wade we co-sign that. Yeah. So. And just to uh, just to wrap up the A-10 here, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard, but we're Dayton fans. And uh, <laughs> the other matchup I'll be watching is uh, every team against their COVID protocols because apparently yes. we are the first alternates, not only oh the first team gosh. out. So. Yeah. You never know. Maybe we'll <laughs> finally, maybe one of these one seeds will, will run into some trouble here and we'll finally get that uh, one seed from the 2020 season that we uh, so deserve. You should have gotten. I did, uh, I did just see a tweet that the uh, the Illini have had uh, oh. a bout of pink eye going around. Ooh, Let's just their pink eye protocols. For, uh, for to... Kick them off the tour. Yes. That's just their excuse <laughs> for, for why they're going to lose to Chattanooga. That's that's all it is. That's just a, they're just getting the excuses ready. So, All right. Well, as um, we, we're actually running out of time here, our next guest is about to come on here in a second. So we'll, we'll hold off the Big East stuff. But we appreciate you guys coming on and giving this in-depth look on the A-10. As we depart here, is there anything that we can uh, plug? You guys can plug here for our listeners for you to, to follow you or anything like that. Yeah, sure. So um, as you know, Connor, we uh, run the college basketball stories where we do inebriated accounts of uh, past seasons. We had a ton of fun uh, with you on that. That was, that was um, one of my favorite experiences. But yeah, it's, it's a great time. Yeah. Um, we try and get people to go back as far as they can, um, or at least to some painful memories. <laughs> um, we have a blast on that. We're 25 episodes in. We've got a bunch more that are going to roll out. Um, here soon and we'd welcome you back on uh Dal, we definitely got to get you on for a demon deacons episode i uh, wish we had a better season like we don't even have a good season since i've been a fan really to dive into okay. which is kind of sad but we have a lot of fun though with pushing people into like you know the 2000s or the 90s or something like that where you're not expected to know and we just kind of make it up as we go because you know, we our, our hashtag is that sounds right because we don't we don't go for <laughs> historical accuracy necessarily. Uh, we're right. about seventy yeah. percent on that, and we just like to have a good time and give somebody uh, or give the listeners a good thing to listen to. So uh, you're all welcome to uh, join that whenever you'd like. And thanks for having us on. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. We appreciate you taking the time again. And uh, let's 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 go Spides. Let's go Wildcats. Uh, both Kentucky and Davidson. And yeah, appreciate you guys coming on again. And go COVID.
I was totally just going to say that, but I couldn't. It seems tough. To, that's a bad beat right there. I was going to ask you who you were wishing COVID upon, but I felt like that that was probably a little too far. I mean, I will say, though, like, would it be so full circle that COVID took away 2020 from us and it brought it right back for us? That would I mean, be pretty it's, wild. It's poetic, really. It would be pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. Because two weeks to flatten the curve. We're I think you get OB, OB popping back if that happens. <laughs> he gets He's his own actually obligated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. Peace. Thanks, See you all. All right. Now we're joined by Phil or Philip. I don't know which one prefers. He didn't tell me, so I'm just going to go Phil. And he is of the 1012 Network. So Phil, how you doing, man? Doing well, guys. Doing well. It is uh, Selection Sunday. The bracket is out. The Greatest sporting month of the year is officially here. And, uh, okay, look, wait, I know we have a tight schedule here. Other than the Super Bowl, is there a better Sunday in sports? No, I actually put this over the Super Bowl just because typically the Bucks aren't in it. So, <laughs> so I just like, like it more. <laughs> I agree. I, I'd put this over the Super Bowl in the sense that the Super Bowl, while enjoyable, is the end of something. This is equal height, but the beginning. And so, like right now, I'm planning out every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for like the next month. That's something the Super Bowl doesn't give you. So, and and with this, the possibilities are endless. Like my team could win every game by fifty until they don't. Yep, that's fair. So, all right. So you you are you cover the Big Twelve just as a whole as a conference, correct? Correct. Yes, that's what we do. So, I mean, I got to ask on the sneaky, which one's your favorite Big 12 team? Because obviously you don't cover the whole conference without liking just one team a little bit more than the other. So uh, if I could show you my office, there's nope. a whole lot of this kind of paraphernalia, that being Pistol Pete uh, and Orange. Oh. Yes, uh, okay. I am a, a an Oklahoma State fan. Uh, I don't really want to take up this entire interview discussing the uh, travesty, thank you, that is uh, the NCAA postseason ban. I hope they rain down upon LSU with uh, furious vengeance and great anger. Um, and Louisville. <laughs> yes. And Louisville. <laughs> and, and others. Um, Louisville did it look, too. Yeah, uh, we are at... <laughs> Look, you can you can have academic scandals. Just don't have somebody pay a current player some money to sign up with a financial advisor when he's working for a different head coach. Anyways, it doesn't. It's gone. It, it's it's over. Uh, yes, ten twelve uh, right, podcast. To recap. Uh, to recap. Oh yeah. So so to recap, we the Big Twelve has Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas, TCU, and Iowa State. Am I missing any? That's that's all of them. Nope. Correct. It is just the six. Yes. All right, so, like, do you think all the teams from your conference, do you think that, that like, did they made the tournament, or do you think some were snubbed, or you know, what, do, what do you think? Do you think one got the, maybe a little bit favor in that? Like, what are you thinking on the, the appearances of the Big 12 here? Well, I mean, let's run through it. So the only team that truly was eligible was Oklahoma that got left out, and according to the, the, the graphic they posted up, Oklahoma was, like, the second team out of the final collection yeah. of teams. Um, I mean, West Virginia, losing record. Kansas State, losing record. Oklahoma State postseason yeah. ban, as we joked about. Oklahoma was the only team who could have gotten in. And yeah. as a Big 12 fan, I'm like, you know what? Like, 18 and 15, 
your net rankings, you know, I think they're the highest net ranking to not make the tournament. They're the highest Ken Palm ranked team to not make the tournament. But like you went five and 12 in the months of January and February, like congrats on winning a few down yeah. the stretch. Um, like I, I'm not, I'm not that upset. Then the big 10 gets nine teams in. That's fair. And, and look, the, the big 10 has benefited from going to their 20 We're conference. Big down on schedule. that. Yeah. Like they got, they went to the 20 yeah. game conference schedule and it has benefited them every year. Michigan getting in and getting in clearly, not even as one of the like last four <laughs> in Michigan getting in. And, and here's the precedent. Uh, Matt Norlander, CBS sports mentioned this on the Ion college sports podcast only four times other than last year, because last year had a shortened schedule from everybody only four times in the history of the NCAA tournament had a team three games or better, or I'm sorry, three games or fewer over 500 gotten into the tournament. Michigan did it this year. Michigan's just three games over 500. The last thing to do, it, I think it was like Georgia in 2001. Like it's just, it is unprecedented. It's not something that happens very often. And for Michigan to do it, to get in comfortably and Oklahoma to be on the outside looking in and their resumes are comparable. Like yeah. they're, Michigan's higher in the net, but they're lower in Ken Palm. Like there's very comparable for OU to be, two outside and Michigan to be in comfortably when there's nine big 10 teams getting in just tells me that there is, I don't want to use the word bias, but like they love themselves some big 10. They get themselves all buttered up and happy when they see big 10 teams. And I don't understand how the uh, significantly set it second best conference in college basketball this year gets that kind of treatment. And the big 12 doesn't get at least equal parting. thus Oklahoma making the field as well. Yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I thought for sure Oklahoma beating Baylor secured them in the tournament and just the fact that they didn't get it. So, like, I know Michigan beat Purdue last month, like, by, like, a bunch. But, it, you know, like, that's, that's one game in a regular season, whatever. But in a Big 12 tournament where you have a one seed, like, now is actually a one seed, lose to, like, Oklahoma. Like, at that point, you've got to put them in. Kind of like kind of the same thing with Texas A and M and Auburn. So kind of kind of pissed off about that one too a little bit because I thought Texas A and M fighting their way to an SEC championship appearance uh, game. My team just they they deserved better. My team had five fewer losses and didn't get in. Also, and weren't even close to getting in. Yeah, not. I think the takeaway this year is they didn't actually care what happened in conference tournaments unless you won the tournament. Like I don't usually it yeah. has some sense of impact on what on the on the committee. From looking at everything, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what you did. They all, their minds were almost made up already, and and those extra wins in your conference tournament did not have an impact like they have in the past. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you won, did it matter? Because Tennessee won and still stayed a three. I mean, That's and they true. won true. pretty easily. They beat Kentucky pretty easily. They beat, you know, Mississippi State, you know, Texas A&M pretty easily. The Maroon got me. But, you know, it's like it didn't even matter. Yeah. Um, I will say the thing about Oklahoma that it gives me the thing I love. When a coach takes a stand and goes on national TV and says, "They we are unequivocally in – and then they are not. Like, uh, I think uh, Lon Kruger is that who coaches Oklahoma now. He got on TV and he was talking about how they were definitely in after that upset. Uh, Porter I take Moser a little bit. Of, I take joy in the little things, and that was one that got yeah. me. Porter uh, Moser, Porter, yes. Porter yes. Moser, yeah. Kruger is retired now. Moser uh, came over this year. It's his first year. I do like. But Moser. for OU, I'll just say this: like expectations coming into the season weren't 
like huge in his first year. You didn't know what to expect. I think it's frustrating for them because you didn't have high expectations. You had a good start to the year like so many Big 12 teams did. You got into a very difficult Big 12 schedule. And they didn't do themselves any favors at all. But it's less that they didn't get in and more that like the Big 10 love is a bit much. And so it, it leaves me a little bit irritated for Oklahoma seeing some of the teams who got in over them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, all right, um, let's let's move on here. Do you think any uh, – Let's let me go through the seedings of the Big 12 teams real quick. So, Kansas-Baylor one seeds, Texas Tech three seed, Texas six seed, TCU a nine seed, and then Iowa State 11 seed. Do you think they were fairly seeded, uh, just rapid fire going through? Do you think they were seeded fairly, or do you think any of them were overseeded or underseeded? I think everything's fair. I'm I'm surprised Baylor got the one and not a two. And so again, it goes into I don't think uh, that I don't think the tournament mattered because Baylor obviously losing their game to Oklahoma had no impact. They're still a one seed. Um, Iowa State is an eleven. Um, I I could have seen them a little bit higher, but that's not they. <laughs> as good as the start of the season was for them, conference play was was not great. Okay, I mean you. you you don't get to finish, what were they, seventh in the Big 12 and get a great seed, even with what they'd done in non-conference. Yeah. So, I, like, I, I could have seen them getting a little bit higher rated. Other than that, no. Um, I, I don't. Ha- I really don't have any complaints with everybody where they were seated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Baylor and Kansas both got one seeds. But then looking at it, it's like Baylor, Kansas, Kentucky, and Auburn were probably – that block of four right there. Mm-hmm. And if you flip one of those SEC schools and one of the Big Ten school or Big 12 schools, you're probably by seeding definition getting matchups of SEC and Big 12 in both those brackets. So that I, it seems like they probably just were like, it'll be easier just to give the Big 12s ones and SEC teams twos so that we can like split them up easily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and my thing on that is that a case of be careful what you ask or careful what you wish for because Baylor got the one seed, Kentucky got the two. When and there's talks that could have been flipped. I think Kentucky has the easier route than Baylor. I agree. You know, playing a very hot North Carolina team, uh, then you get you know UCLA coming next, and then you have of course the Elite Eight. So, I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I like Kentucky's portion of the bracket way better than I do Baylor's. Yeah, so. Purdue's All the right, scariest so, team uh, of those, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Phil. Give me give me rapid fire expectations. I'm gonna say the team. Give me like what you expect. How far you expect them to go? Just give me the round uh, for each of these teams. All right. Kansas. Um. National championship. Baylor. No, I'm kidding. Final four. Uh, Baylor. Elite eight. <laughs> Texas Tech. Elite Eight. Texas. Oh, final four for me. Uh, Texas. Ooh. Um, round two. TCU. Uh, second round. And Iowa State. I can't decide if they're going to lose in the first round or make it to the Sweet 16. 
Uh, that that's, you just, that's fair. That's the most fair. That's, Iowa State's impossible kind of is those. Are, that's that's Iowa State season in a, in a nutshell. So you got to You got to realize that, whoever I, wins that LSU Iowa State team. Yeah. So Dal Dal says Texas Tech's Final Four team because we like to pander to our Texas Tech audience because we do have a huge Texas Tech audience for some reason. But that that's why he says they're a Final Four team. But yeah. So no, take no offense to it. That's a little bit pandering. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of pandering, yeah. It's I mean, all good though. I all right, can see um, it. and then last question just, here. Yeah, hit me. I, I could definitely see it too. It's uh, I I I was listening to the Courtside Connect as a Kentucky podcast. They they kind of made a good point that you have to have really good guards to kind of go far in the tournament for the most part, and that's something that they they kind of struggle in. That's an area that it's a little bit of weakness for them. So I could definitely see them, you know, like maybe dropping out in the you know Sweet Sixteen, but. Um, you know, I still think they're a very good team, all, all things considered. So, all right, last question here. What's a matchup, regardless of the conference, doesn't matter, first-round matchup that you want to put on right now? First-round matchup? Um, let's see. Let's take out Kansas. Let's take out Baylor. No offense to Montana State, but let's take out that. Pretty much take out Texas all the Texas Tech's game. Um, I mean, I think it's Texas-Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's hot coming off the ACC That's gonna be a good tournament yeah. championship. Um, now, I don't put too much on like, like we do this all the time. So-and-so just ran through the tournament. They won the championship. They're coming. This isn't Syracuse. Okay. That's the only team that ever does it is Syracuse. They come in, win their tournament, come in as an 11 seed and make a run to the Sweet 16. Um, yeah. Chris Beard stinks in Oklahoma City, stinks in Kansas City, can't ever do anything in the Big 12 tournament. This is where his, this is where his, his, <laughs> He butters his bread, right? It's in the NCAA tournament. He he plays. He, the, yeah. His teams play well. This is why Texas brought him here. How does he look? Like I need I need to see if if everything Texas has paid for is going to pay off. And it's just year one, and I get all of that. But I want to see what happens. I, that is the game I'm I'm most curious on because I want to see how far Texas can go. And I don't think that is, yeah, like. I, I don't, I don't want to like overrate the matchup because I get it. Virginia Tech just won their tournament. That's awesome. Based on the fact they got an 11 seed, I don't think they're in this thing if they don't win their tournament. But it's an intriguing matchup. Like it just it kind of is because I think it's the team with the closest matchup with the most interesting storyline and kind of the most at stake with with everything they have going yep. on. Yeah, I agree 100 percent, man. So. All right. Um, where can we find you? Find your work. Find your podcast. Anything you want to plug right now? Go ahead and do that. Thank you. Um, yes. So I am. My name is Philip Slavin. I host the Ten Twelve Podcast. We are the flagship show of the Ten Twelve Network. Uh, we are a podcast network purely for shows focused on the Big Twelve Conference. Uh, we are. 10 shows strong at the moment. You can find links to all of them at 1012network.com. That's T-E-N, the number 12, the word network. Um, come check us out. We even have a Houston show. We go ahead and just, we didn't see any reason to wait, right? Like we're engaged. Let's just move in together. Might as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1012network.com, 1012network on Twitter, uh, and 1012pod, P-O-D, on Instagram. Sounds good, man. We appreciate you coming on, taking the time. And uh, yeah, let, let's see how the Big 12 shows out. But they were definitely one of the better conferences in basketball this year. So again, we they were the best on. conference in college basketball. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for that. I'm yeah. just saying they're in the top. <laughs> you All right, we appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Peace out. Thanks. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, 
it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, so now we're joined by Carlos of the No Truck Stop Pac-12 podcast. Carlos, how's it going, man? Hello, thanks for y'all for having me. I'm uh, I'm a little miffed about the seating here for the Pac-12 teams, but uh, other than that, I'm all right. I mean, that's fair enough. It was pretty wacky, pretty wacky seating so far. We'll get into that in a, in a few minutes, but I got to ask, I see Equity Bruin, are you a UCLA fan? I'm primarily a UCLA fan, but over the past few years, I've been uh, I've been just throwing myself into the Pac-12 and mm-hmm. eating up a bunch of Pac-12 propaganda, doing some myself now. So, I, I love the 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 conference. Think West Coast basketball is the best best basketball. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'll be rooting for UCLA, but also be rooting for basketball rivals Arizona and USC. So that'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. So I'm I'm actually moving out to San Diego in April. So I will be on the West Coast and I'm excited for one of the things is going to be just the the time difference of getting games at like four o'clock in the afternoon and being able to watch that all the way through actually being able to stay (laughs) up and watch Pac-12 basketball. I'm very excited. Oh, it's dangerous though, because then then you're watching basketball all day. I remember I watched a lot of college football season and, you know, it's like, oh, oh, I can stay up until 1 a.m. watching all this stuff. It's fine. Yep. (laughs) I'm so, pumped. All right. So uh, first question we have is, did all the teams from the Pac-12 make the tournament that you believe should have made the tournament? Uh, if you're asking my Pac-12 propaganda brain, no. Um, I I am of the opinion. Uh, I, I am I am of the not that serious opinion that mm-hmm. six Pac-12 teams should have gotten in. Uh, only three did. I will say the one team that I think kind of got hosed a little bit was Colorado. Um, I think Colorado did has not had a great season, um, but they really finished strong up until the point where they lost to Arizona. Um, they weren't even in Joe Lenardi's bracket, um, like in, even in his sort of next four out. And they had they are higher in the computers than uh, Rutgers, for example, who did get in and will get a play-in game yeah. against Notre Dame. Um, they're hiring Kempom. They're hiring the net. So I think they should have gotten consideration, uh, more consideration than I think they did. They are not on anyone's radar at all, but finished very strong for the season. They're a completely different team than they were earlier on. But the three teams yeah, I mean, that got in, I think we clearly are just sort of like, these are the three best teams. have been fo- Those who have followed the conference all season say, UCLA, Arizona, USC, these are the clearly the three best teams in the Pac-12. Absolutely. So, um, you mean Colorado's worst loss was what, like Southern Illinois at the beginning of the year? That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, they've, so, you know, mostly, uh, I, and they were not impressive even in the non-conference slate there. It, that loss to Southern Illinois is one thing, but it was just sort of, they, they struggled early on against teams they really should have blown out um yeah. they they did that and they struggled in the middle part of the season and that's ultimately what kind of kept them out of it um it's just that they finished so strong i think they finished something like nine and one or eight and one or something i gotta go back and look at the schedule aside uh, up until the arizona game and they played arizona tough beat arizona like 
I think of the teams who are being in consideration, Colorado is the only one who has a win over what is the number two team in the country. And people who, and people, some people think they're the best team in the country in Arizona. So they have that on their resume and played them tough in the tournament. So I I get it. I'm not like, I don't think I will say that it's a criminal because I'm a pactual propagandist, (laughs) but, uh, but I don't actually think it was that criminal. It wasn't that egregious. I think they probably should have gotten in, but I completely understand why they wouldn't. Well, like you, you had mentioned a kind of an issue with the seating. So do you think these three teams were overseeded or underseeded? I mean, obviously I think Arizona is a properly seated team, uh, but what about UCLA and USC? Like, do you think they're overseeded or underseeded here? I think UCLA is slightly underseeded. I think if you look at Ken Palm, UCLA is of the top twelve teams, one of the one of two that are that got seated lower than three. Houston being the other yep. one, uh, they were uh, seated five, and they're the number four team in Ken Palm. UCLA is um, number eight in yep. Ken Palm. I think they're number ten in the net. That's good for three for a three seed. So slightly underseated there. I think USC um, got a little underseated also, just given I, I get that they don't have a ton of really strong wins, but they do have one against UCLA, which is a top 10 team. Um, they have two, they have one very competitive game with Arizona. They did get blown out by Arizona, which is ultimately, I think, what dropped them in a little bit in the computers um, is getting blown out there. Uh, so I kind of. I, I mean, they didn't. They have not always looked impressive. I think of the three between Arizona, UCLA, and USC is the one where my like our crew at the No Truck Stops podcast have sort of felt like, you know, uh, what's going on with USC here? Um, but they are very talented. They have, I think, they are like number. They're number four in average length. They're a very talented team. So someone, um, maybe not this round, but in the next round or something, we'll see a seventh seed. But they've got the talent of a of a three or four seed uh, for if I'm being frank, they've just got a ton of length. They've got um, a lot of athleticism. They don't have bucket getters. They have guys who are all kind of streaky, but they do have a lot of guys who defend really well, um, who are really active in the passing lanes um, that are very uh, just, they're just long guys. They're just super long and athletic. Yeah. Uh, they cause a lot of teams problems for teams. So that's one that I might say, you know, looking at their resume, they feel like in the five-ish seeds, maybe, you know, high, like low five, high six seed region, but not horrifically underseeded. Yeah, I was, I'll, I'll ask one question real quick. Uh, is Reese Dixon Waters, is he going to be back for them? I know that he missed their uh, their game against UCLA. Yeah, so I, he, I have not heard that he is, that he's suffering from anything that's long standing. Like he should be. He should be good to go, and they're going to need him because he might be one of their best guards. I know he comes off the bench, but the guy who is ahead of him, his name is Ethan Anderson, has not been particularly good. Has yeah. struggled really, for being honest. Um, so he needs to. He they 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 better hope that he's available, that he's ready, because Absolutely. they need him. Yeah, they need him. Uh, to dive into that um, Pac-12 uh, propaganda you had for mentioned there, uh, so. Really, because they're out west, because they really haven't been dominant over the last probably decade or so, the Pac-12 doesn't get a lot of respect. Mm-hmm. Last year, with uh, UCLA making the Final Four and then the emergence of Oregon and USC, and then this year, Arizona's kind of been at the top of the charts for most of the season. Do you think this is the year that uh, the Pac-12 gets some of that respect and earns it with, even though they only got three teams, 
I think they are three teams that can somewhat make a run given their seed. Maybe not USC, but I like I like USC, UCLA and Arizona to both make at least the Elite Eight. Is this the year that they really start bringing that respect to the Pac-12? I think we've got to see two of these teams to make pretty deep runs. Um, Arizona is going to have to continue being... They've got to make it to the Final Four. Arizona is, I think, one of those teams that um, is kind of... They're not a blue blood. There are six... We, we know there are six blue bloods in college basketball. Arizona's not one of them, but they're at the fringe, right? They have, they're a big, big brand, a big basketball brand. They've been consistently good, but have not broken the ceiling of a Final Four. Haven't gotten there in two decades. They're hurting for one. Um, Arizona and UCLA making runs in the tournament, I think, will go a long way. They're they're the two big brands, the two big programs out West. If they can make a run to both of them, to the Elite Eight, um, which is not totally crazy, they that, that might do something for them. Um, having one of those guys win a national championship, I think, will do a lot more for them. UCLA can get to Final Fours and has gotten to Final Fours. They've been to four Final Fours in the past 15 years. And that is, uh, it's it's surprising but to say that, but that's up there with some of the biggest programs in the country. And uh, if Arizona can get can get to that level and wins a national championship, really they're the Pac-12's best shot at it right now at this point, that will go a long way for saying sort of, hey, the Pac-12 has, has some teams that are at that level, that can stay at that level. Um, so yeah, I think this 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 could be that tournament. Um, I think generally what also has to happen is the Pac-12 has to get deeper. They've got to get better coaches from you know, four through 12, maybe five through 12. They've got a couple of good coaches there who just have not had good seasons. Um, But, you know, uh, sometimes having, you know, the big 12, I think got a lot of respect this year. The, the performance, the, the respect kind of lags the performance where the big 12 may not have gotten a ton of respect last year. Baylor wins the national championship. And, and now people are kind of looking at them as a, as a big conference in basketball. Um, and they've so, also they've also invested in coaches. To your point, like yeah, they yeah. they have had a lot of investment over the last couple of years. The Pac-12 reminds me of that friend that you love, you respect the hell out of him. He he he's a little bit of a partier, maybe smokes a little bit, stays up late. You love him and respect him. You just don't trust him. You wouldn't trust <laughs> him watching your house over the weekend. And I think. Um, <laughs> Maybe a lot of that's just poor perception, but the fact is, especially in sometimes in sports, uh, perception is reality. And right now, it's they're just kind of that league that they'll give you some great moments, but we ain't pencil them in to the hoist the trophy. Yeah, I think that's right. All right, so kind of, I'm gonna go through the three teams that from the Pac-12 and just give me which round like you think they'll make it to, like the highest that they'll make it to. So UCLA, I um. So they're the fourth seed. They've got a bit of a tough path. St. Mary's is supposed to be pretty good. Um, Baylor is uh, obviously the defending national champs. That's the one seed. They, in order to get to the Elite Eight, if they want to come out of this with with a shot at the Final Four, the first team, big team they're going to have to go through is Baylor. So that could be tough. Um, I, I... You know, I, I've got it. I've got it. I mean, I got to be honest with you. When I'm like, when I tell you I'm a Pac-12 fan, I am a Pac-12 fan. Meaning, <laughs> like, I'm I watch zero basketball outside the Pac-12. Very rarely, unless it involves a Pac-12 team. Um, so I can't really say much about Baylor, but I would say that unless Baylor has three seven footers the way Arizona does, um, or that even the way Gonzaga does, 
I'm not I, I'm not sure that there isn't a team that UCLA can't keep up with. UCLA has a ceiling. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think as as long as they don't have to face teams with freakish length um, and freakish height, then I, I think I, I'll say realistically, I'll say that they get to uh, to the Sweet 16 and flame out there. I But I don't think that their ceiling is all at yeah. all getting out of this bracket. Yeah, absolutely. We kind of in this podcast kind of say like as soon as you get to the lead eight, it's kind of like your ceiling's national championship because at that point it's just like almost like luck. So if we say, if we say ceiling is elite eight, it's all, it's like, it's tough, you know, cause there's yeah. all, it's just the single elimination games. It's, it's so hard to do. So, um, so you say kind of sweet 16 is, is the sweet spot for UCLA, Arizona. What do you think about them? Yeah. Their ceiling should be the national championship. I think they're the best team in, in college basketball right now. Like yeah. their, uh, their, their style of play is one thing. Like they play fast, they play up tempo. It's a lot of fun to watch. But they they have three highly skilled seven footers. They don't like no other. I don't think any other team in the country can say that they have Christian Coloco, who is the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He um, he is seven foot one and just has insane wingspan and can just if he needs to get switched out like he did against UCLA last night in the Pac-12 Tournament Final, he can do that. Block jump shots, um, and he's also just an insane rim defender. Ajulis Tabellis, super skilled offensive minded player who I think can do a lot in terms of creating shots for other people. Oftentimes the Arizona will sort of play that high, low action where Julius Tabellis is at the top of the key and dumps it off from seven, from seven footer to seven footer to Christian Coloco. And that forces teams into fouls, uh, creates opportunities for backdoor cuts. If, if they've got a crowd, Christian Loco. And then off the bench, they have Umar Balo who is, you know, analytically per minute, like their most efficient player, He's he's as big um, as Kofi Coburn at Illinois. I watched them play against Arizona. Kofi Coburn's a massive human being, and yes. uh, um, and he made Christian Coloco look tiny. And Christian Coloco is a big guy. Umar Balo has like a very similar body type to Kofi Coburn, um, yeah. and is less skilled, um, less experienced, but he, like just as athletic, and I think is not unpolished by any means. That and they also have Ben Matherin, who's a top what seven eight pick in the nba draft yeah. pack 12 offensive player uh, pack 12 player of the year the the thing that Air- will gonna, is going to limit arizona is are they going to be deep enough they go about seven deep their starting point guard just got injured and so they're getting deep deep into their roster that depth might hurt them but they should they should they should get to their first final four in, ten, in 20 years um again you know march is always crazy it's a, a lot of it is luck but yeah. um I, they, their ceiling is a national championship. Yeah, I agree with that. 100%. Who is their Who is their best player? If you had to pick, oh, if you if you if you ask people in the Pac-12 who are observing, they would say Ben Matherin. He's just an insane scorer. He's an NBA ready player. Like he's at that level. Um, he's very athletic. I defensively, I mean, he's he's good, but he's not anything like to write home about. But if you ask me, I, it's Christian Coloco. Like he, what he does defensively for them is he makes their like he widens their margin for error by a lot. Like this dude is like, it, it doesn't matter if, if the opposing guards are beating your guys on the outside. Like Christian Coloco covers a ton of space is super active, super smart positions himself. Well, um, he's in contention for like national most improved player of the year, the way that he kind of plays and what we saw him from last year. Yep. He's just a, a super smart, athletic, tall, big guy. And then, 
um, offensively, it's just sort of like creates a mismatch where it's like, if he gets the ball down low, you've got to foul him. Most, most, most players will have to foul him to stop him from getting a bucket down low. He'll eat there. Um, do I think he's like a dude who's going to go down there? You dump it off from about five feet out. He's going to work the post like that. and has an array of post moves. Not really, but he's big enough and smart enough and positions him well enough to be like, Hey, I can get the ball down here in this spot. Um, and if I just turn around, I've got a dunk. Yeah. So uh, I, I think he's the he's there. I think he's their centerpiece. I think he's foundational. He's not going to score a ton. He's not going to fill up the box score outside of blocks and rebounds. But I think he's what makes Ben Matherin good. The reason I asked is because as I was looking this up on Ken Palm, they have each conference. They have like their all Ken Palm team. And I expected Ben Matherin to be up there as the as the top. But they actually have Tabulis as the as the number one player right. in, in that conference, which I was surprised about. So. That's why I yeah. was curious. I think with Arizona, it's a little weird. They've kind of uh, wrecked the the computers a little bit because they they're play a very fast. strange team. Yeah, they they play extremely fast and up their possessions. And when you're the more talented team and you get more possessions, you're going to be able to produce more. You're going to be able to produce more, produce more numbers. Um, your margins are going to be higher. Like if you're playing small, you're kind of reducing your margin for error and and also making the, the output that you're producing much less. Yeah. But Arizona plays fast. They try to create possessions for themselves. And as a result, because they're efficient in those possessions and play good defense, it's almost like they play 1.5 games of data, of stats, compared to like your average Division One college basketball team. Yeah. We're editing this out so that Kentucky fans that get mad that John Calipari just like dribbles the ball out of games whenever we're up with like six minutes to go. Uh, we're, we're editing that out so that they can't hear this, so they can't use that because you're very much right, but... Uh, we don't need any. We don't need to give them any more, any more ammo. <laughs> All right, and then the last team we'll talk about Sounds here uh, is USC. Do, where do you think the, the like? Where do you think they'll land here in this tournament? Like, where do you think they'll they'll fizzle? Oh, uh, they're tough. Um, that game against Miami is a toss up. I, I see that Ken Palm gives them a fifty four percent chance to beat Miami, so that's going to be tough for them if they get out of there. Um, again, have not watched much of Auburn. Um, I get the sense that they're um, they were, you know, kind of in that one seed spot for a while and have been a good team all year, but are, but maybe there's some people who kind of doubt them. Um, if they can get past Auburn, I think that they have a shot at, you know, making it to the sweet 16, possibly the elite eight. Um, that's going to be the one barrier is Auburn. If they get past Miami and get past Auburn, Wisconsin and LSU, no one, people don't trust Wisconsin and LSU just fired their coach. Um, And that's that they'd probably have to be one of those two there. Um, And that's not a a crazy to get out of that and play whoever is coming out of the other bracket. Um, So I think, I think ultimately they'll flame out in the round of 32. I think they'll beat Miami, but for, for USC and what their basketball program is getting one NCAA tournament win is like, you know, we, we think about USC and their brand and football, and it's really hard to separate that because there's just, and they're in LA and they have all of these advantages. But for USC getting um, getting a tournament win, you know, against the you know Miami and and if they're competitive with Auburn, it's good momentum. Um, just that they're here again for the second year in a row and probably should have gone a third year in a row if it weren't for the pandemic the first time. Yeah. Um, you know, they'd be here three times in a row, and that's that's good enough momentum for them. So it's there's no shame in them winning a game and flaming out to the number two seed in there uh, and what people think is a top five team in the country. Absolutely. So, 
All right, man. Well, we are going to wrap things up here. Is there anything else that you want to plug here? Like, where can we listen to your podcast or any accounts that you want us to follow? Where, you know, this is a college basketball podcast. So any of our listeners would enjoy your content, I'm sure. Where can we find you? You can find me at Equity Brew, and our podcast is the No Truck Stops Podcast at No Truck Stops Pod on Twitter. Our Twitter is our main um, venue. And you can also follow my co hosts, uh, Avery, and uh, she is um, an elite trash talker. You can find her <laughs> at Brave underscore Grapes. Uh, Matt at Matt Nyber, N I G B U R, and then Greg at Banana Morphs, B A N A N A M O R P H S. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Carlos, and uh, thank you for the time for thank you for taking the time to join us and talk Pac-12 basketball with us. And uh, hope it kind of fares out well, just not too well, because I am a still a Kentucky fan, and hope that we can, uh, <laughs> you know, we, can we can take down the proper teams that we need to take down from the Pac-12. So we appreciate it, though. That's great. Sounds good. All right, take care, man. Hey, appreciate it, Carlos. Bye. Go for it. Now. What's up, y'all? We uh, we are not having. Cam on to talk to the ACC uh, does a bunch of great work for the NIT future NIT champion uh, Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Uh, we're a little salty about that in these parts, but uh, yeah, Cam. Uh, I guess you honestly will introduce yourself better. Uh, just give everyone a quick update on what you do, um, and then we can get into it. Yeah. Uh, so for everyone doesn't know me, I'm Cam Debro. Um, I write very terrible tweets um, over at Cam Lemons underscore. Uh, I'm part of Blogger So Dear, so the Wake Forest um, SB Nation site, as well as a contributor for mostly football recruiting, but I also dabble in basketball and basketball recruiting for uh, Demon Deacon Digest over at 247 Sports. And starting in a couple of weeks, we'll be launching brand new Wake Forest podcast inside the forest. So let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Connor, I appreciate the fake enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to it, buddy. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to every episode. I promise. Let's go. Honorary Demon Deacon. Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. There's only plays. Don't worry. I'll give there's you. There's only plays. four Wake Forest fans that exist. Yo. So, <laughs> who was right, that that tweeted right. that? Oh, that was that was Kirk Herbstreit saying that. Oh, um, right, 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 right. On college game day, there was only six of us, and it's like, I, I, look, I get it. Like we're a small school, five K undergrad. I get it. I grew up right outside of like in between Athens and Atlanta, like. I know what big schools look like, but like, come on, man. Like, you, It's fine. We're fine. It's over. We're good. All six of us lit him up for that. <laughs> Y'all need to just hang your hat on the fact that you produced two of the greatest players in the NBA of all time. And Chris and, Paul no, and Tim it, Duncan. I mean, come on. Like, it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. all, right. all right. Well, we'll all jump right, into uh, the ACC. Um, yeah, the ACC yeah, was honestly kind of down this year in terms of basketball. Uh, ended up getting five teams in. One of them is in the first four. Uh, so we got Duke as the two seed in the West. Notre Dame as the 11 seed playing in on the West. We got UNC as an eight seed in the East. We got Miami as a 10 seed in the Midwest. And that is it. Did I say five? I meant four. But no, I think I think you're right. And the, yeah, yeah, I'm right. You mentioned Notre um, Dame. Yeah, so yeah. kind of. I, I have a feeling I know your answer on this, but uh, did all the teams from the ACC make it? Uh, what, what do you think about the, the the bids that got handed out? I mean, I, this might be an unpopular opinion in certain circles. I thought it was fine that Wake wasn't in the tournament. 
I, I, I thought that the teams got in. Seeding is a little, little wonky, but I mean, Duke was going to get in. UNC finished the season really well. I mean, they, they oh, lost. Oh, Virginia to, Tech. That's the other team that I didn't say. Yeah, Virginia Tech. They lost to the eventual ACC tournament champions, Virginia Tech. There's no slouch in that in your season. Miami was a really good team this year. I don't understand. I saw a bracket, I think it was Jerry Palm, like an hour before the bracket was released, and he didn't even have Miami in the field. And I was like, are you smoking crack? Like, what's, what's going bad. on here? <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought that was – I thought they were fine. Miami has really good guards, man. Like, really yeah, good Miami's guards. guards. They, they finally got – they finally stayed healthy for a year, and we see what happens. Yes. Um, <laughs> Notre Dame, I mean, the resume isn't fantastic for Notre Dame, but, I mean, Marquee wins. You, you got to reward who you beat, and they got into the field. And Virginia Tech earned it. They, they sat there and won four straight games in the ACC tournament. They, they deserved it. So yep. – I mean, I can get some. I get some qualms about Wake, and I I understand. I mean, it's not really often you see a team that's top five in the ACC not make the tournament, but at the same time, their resume was a bit was weakened. A big aspect that we saw the committee valued, which was yeah. big wins. Yeah, uh, Wake's Wake's two big wins this year were against the tournament team in Notre Dame. They took care of business there, and they honestly beat UNC wire to wire in Winston Salem. And that's all fine and dandy, but it's just the fact that the rest of the schedule wasn't great, and they had their opportunities to take down Miami, their yeah. opportunities to take down Duke, and they couldn't do it. I think there's a lot of push on for Wake, at least. You know, you lost to Clemson, you lost to Boston College really at the end of the season, and but I don't really think that had much of an impact. Like, their, their resume was just solely propped up on, we beat up on, on teams that we're better than, and that's all fine and dandy, but they didn't show that they could finish the job against that top tier of teams. And I think that's yep. what ultimately cost them. So I'm, while it's a bit annoying and I hate it for some of the guys, like, like this is a, one of the better teams in the last 10, 12 years. And yeah, they've come, they've, they've had some rough, they've had some rough years. And yeah. I think the guys really deserve to play some more games. But Isaiah Mucius deserves to play the tournament. Isaiah Mucius deserves the world, man. I love that. I love that kid. <laughs> He's he awesome. deserves everything, but but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have a problem. And I mean, we, we've kind of heard it all year. And I think people really had an issue with people saying, the media saying the ACC is down this year because they thought it devalued what their team was doing, whether you're Wake, whether you're Notre Dame, whether you're Miami. It doesn't necessarily devalue it, but it, you, got, you have to look at I me. Mean, Duke was the best team in the conference. Duke was mortal all year. We yep, consistently yeah. saw that this team just yep. was just mortal. They just looked like they didn't care. And it's like, if that's your best team – what's the rest of the conference doing, you know? Yeah. Right. So what about, what about seeds? Do you have any, I, I think Duke probably deserved to be a two seed. Um, but there were, there were a couple of seeds that I saw that were kind of questionable. What, what were your thoughts? So I, I was a little weirded out by Notre Dame, Duke and Miami, Notre Dame. I'll start off with, I thought that was a team that I think everyone thought was, you know, I think they're on the bubble but they should be on the right side of it, maybe get a bye. Like, they shouldn't be in Dayton. And then we look at the seeding list, they're the last team in. They and are the absolute last team in. For them to be last team in in Michigan to get a bye is questionable. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I think they're kind of a fraudy team. That's fine. But like, I, don't, I don't think that, that was deserved. I mean, Duke, I understand the, you know, should Duke be a two seed? Is it because of the name, et cetera, et cetera? I don't think Wisconsin's better than them. No. Tennessee, 
Tennessee had a very good conference championship, but we all we all know the committee doesn't really care about <laughs> Saturday or Sunday. They no. don't. <laughs> nope. So that's fine. Purdue, I don't think they're better than Duke. And then Texas Tech, I don't think they're better than Duke. So there just wasn't a team that I felt like I, I, I understand and I kind of think they shouldn't have been a two seed, but then I look at it and I go, eh. Miami seeding is criminal. I don't I don't get it. There is no way San Francisco or Memphis or Marquette are better teams than Miami. I'm so sorry. But it, where they are right now just just blows my mind. And I think if you're looking for a team to make a run, they, they are sitting pretty. You know they have to just be sitting there like licking their lips, looking at uh, Auburn's guards and Katie Johnson going 0 for 15. Which Connor said we had, had to. Connor said we had to get that. Get a we mention on that. We had to talk that. about it. Yeah, I mean, like Rico, Penguins of Madagascar. Rico <laughs> finally like showed that he's just like volume score. He's he's West, Russell Westbrook with just just fat. You know what I mean? Like, so, <laughs> like I mean, he finally had a game he's, where he showed he looked like Russell Westbrook, and yeah, I stole great. this. I, I actually stole this from Connor. Uh, Cam, I think you liked it, but I tweeted the like, "It's Brucey's time from Longest Yard," and him walking out. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's them. Yeah. It was. I I had I had some vested interest in that Tamu Auburn game and sitting there watching. And I I understand Jabari Smith sometimes can be passive, whatever. whatever but it was just like, <laughs> okay, cool. We're just gonna we're just gonna roll up the court five seconds, take a shot. Yep. What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> The, my favorite thing was somebody, one of the like NBA draft, like mock draft guys was like, I don't know. I think Jabari Smith needs to go back to college for one more year. And the ratio was just absolutely unreal. I commented, I was like, you wouldn't be saying this if Katie Johnson hit even half of his shots, a quarter no. of his shots. You wouldn't be saying this. But the fact that Katie Johnson went 0 for 14, you're like, well, Jabari Smith needs to return to college. Like, no, that's the exact reason why he doesn't need to return to college. Get <laughs> that man out of there. Yeah, yeah I, I, he's going to come back and just be disappointed all year. Like, I don't, oh I don't think he wants that. Bruce Pearl doesn't deserve coach of the year because of how he used, how he hasn't used Jabari Smith, to be honest with you. So, yeah. All right, so I think that's a very good answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Uh, that's where I'm. That's where I'm at with it. Bruce Pearl's kind of a fraud, but yeah, fraud burn. But, <laughs> uh, what are your expectations for each team in the ACC? Just kind of rapid fire. So Dow's going to read the team name. Just give me your rapid fire. Which where do you think they're ending? Yeah, so uh, their tournament run. We'll just we'll start in the West and go down. What about Notre Dame? I think Notre Dame doesn't get past the first four. I mean, I, I I know Rutgers is a very volatile team. I think this Notre Dame team is kind of fraudy, and I, I if, if they do get past the first four, I, I that's about it. So I agree. I'm on Rutgers there. Uh, what about Duke? Duke. I don't know what Duke did to the committee, but they should be sending them a fruit basket right now. They should sleepwalk into the Elite Eight. Like I don't understand this path. I, I like Michigan State, fine team. Texas Tech, fine team. Alabama, fine team. Until they play Gonzaga, who might not even make it, like it's it's a every every like one or two seed is pissed off at that. <laughs> I couldn't imagine them. Did you know that this is Coach K's last year? Oh, I didn't. You should. We should make a ten part docu series on Coach K, and then have commercials <laughs> on it every single time. I, think I will do that. One of the best that's, coaches ever. But holy crap, that seems like a money maker. <laughs> uh, what about North Carolina? Speaking of Coach K. Um, I think that's one that is 
they could either go out of the first round or make a run. It's unreal. <laughs> and it, it, it's so hard to pick. Close your I, eyes I, and pick, in, and then write in which one you want to do. Like that's basically uh, what you circle. <laughs> I don't know how, how, how to evaluate Marquette this year. I have no idea. Baylor loves to put up a stinker every now and again. Yeah. Like UCLA is right. The UCLA and UNC are the exact same team in terms of who shows up today. Like, I Kentucky's in that same. I like. I don't know. I I'll probably have them in the Sweet Sixteen. Because uh, I, I just don't believe in Baylor this year. I really don't believe in Baylor this year. But man, they they could get they could get drubbed by thirty five that first game, and I'd be like, yeah, checks out. Yep. <laughs> uh, what about Virginia Tech VPI? Um, I mean, similar thing. Um, I I think Texas has really played down to their competition all year. Um, I I'd probably have them losing in the first round. I think Mike Young coaches the team very well, but I think at a certain point. That talent gap's gonna gonna catch up to them, and I think Texas is in a good spot to to do that. Um, and then after that, I don't think they match up well with Purdue well either. So I think no. I think yeah, I'd be that'd be a first, maybe second round at best. And then we got Miami, our beloved ten seed. Oh, this is this is the hard one. I I really want to pick them as the sleeper team to make the Elite Eight, but as a closeted Auburn fan, I don't think I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> um. I think they got a rough draw. I, I think the seeding really hurt them. I, I think that they're going to be able to exploit USC. Sorry for the amount of noise coming from you. I live on a main street, You're and there's bro. just nothing but emergency vehicles. They're coming for your hot takes um, on Auburn. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the seeding really got them. Um, it, it really sucked. I think they'll, I, I'll probably pick them over USC. I think USC is a bit fraudy. I know Mobley's good, but I think those guards are going to be a lot to handle. And, I would not be surprised if they beat Auburn. If they can get past Auburn, that bracket is very doable. Wisconsin is just Johnny Davis and Prey. <laughs> yeah. What do bad. we expect from LSU with no with no Will Wade? Like, are, is the team even going to be really motivated to play? Like, Iowa, they should make, Murray, I've, and Prey. I've been I've been saying this, but uh, they should make Coach O be the interim basketball coach since he's oh, not doing anything right now I, either. I, I, yeah. I'd love that. Yeah, like I've, or, I've heard or from just get Brian Kelly to come out and dance in the court <laughs> just the whole time, just the the grinding on the players. That no that, one that's really what I want. And they literally no one. Needs and Nelson was mad. Lost all the recruiting class. I don't know what happened. <laughs> 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 no, uh, but no. I think Miami is a, a team that if you're on, if you're a multiple bracket guy, I would, I'd probably have one bracket of them losing in the second round. The other bracket probably going to the eight and face yeah. Kansas. I think. They could really do some damage. All right. Well, uh, last question before we get some plugs and and get you out of here. What's just outside of the ACC, what's a matchup you're looking forward to? It can be in the first round. It could be a potential matchup down the road. Um, I think I'm going to use the basic answer. And, man, Murray State San Francisco is going to be a banger. It's going to be so fun. I, I think wait. that is going to be an absolute banger of a yeah. game. I'm really excited to see this. I've watched a lot of San Fran basketball this year. Yep. It's been great for me. It's been great. But I think I think that's going to be a really, really fun matchup for there. And I think down the road, if just because I kind of like looking at it, I'm like, oh, this seems kind of fun. What does Villanova do <laughs> like this year? <laughs> Like, Colin Gillespie in a prayer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I, I think it'd be, I think a, a really fun matchup for me just looking at it would be what happens if Tennessee makes it to face Arizona 
I think if they if that ends up being your lead eight there, that could be a really fun matchup. <laughs> oh yeah. Well sounds good. I know you already plugged right, so, it. Um oh. You're, ahead, you're, the, no, you're, the, you're the closer, Connor. You're the closer. I'm the closer. Okay. That actually was my position in baseball. I was the closing pitcher. Because oh. <laughs> we had a dude that could throw like 80 miles per hour, and then I, I was like 40. And, but I was super accurate. <laughs> oh, so the, the change closer. of pace. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Get your spots and pray. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. So, um, as we wrap up, is there anything you want to plug? Any accounts you want us to follow, our listeners to follow, any podcasts? I know you're, you have the In the Forest podcast coming out. Anything else? um yeah it does i mean in the forest will be coming out in the next couple of weeks i'm super excited um like i said feel free to follow me on twitter it's at kim lemons underscore if you see the coldest debro that is me shout out to coldest crawford um yes, yeah, we'll spring camp's about the about the ramp up and that and spring camp plus recruiting is kind of my wheelhouse so we have a lot of con- content coming out of bloggers od and demon deacon digest so can't wait. We won't have to have you on for an NIT NIT episode uh, to oh, to break yeah, down. We the, got a second seed in the in the NIT with. We got a second seed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Up. We got we got the TMU bracket. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be a really good NIT tournament. Not gonna lie, because there's a lot yeah. of snub teams. <laughs> like I'm actually looking forward to this one and not. Oh like, yeah, the, just the winner like, of whatever. Wake Towson plays the winner of VCU Princeton. I Wake VCU might might slap. Yeah, yes. it's gonna be a good tournament. So. All right, we appreciate Cam. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it, Cam. Talk to you later, bro. All right, so we are joined by Gus of Screen, the Screener podcast. I think he's our only returning guest that we've had on this episode, which is pretty awesome. So welcome back. You did so good the first time. We asked you to come back a second time. Gus, how's it going, man? Really well. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me back and for the inclusion on this like massive undertaking that uh, your podcast has, you know, really taken hold of here in March. Uh, so thank you for the inclusion and really happy I, uh, you know, passed the initial oh, yeah, test man. and got asked. Back. You so definitely, you definitely passed the test because you like I think you you live with college basketball on uh, as as it seems. So I mean, you were at the Big East tournament. So we actually have you on for both the Big East and the Big Ten, which is a huge honor. Honestly, I couldn't find anyone from the Big Ten. Like I asked around, I asked people, no one wanted to come on. And I was like, you know what? I know, I know Gus has us down. I know he could do this. He's got this, he, he watches <laughs> basketball. He he has it injected right into his veins. So we could do this. He can make it work. So we appreciate you taking on the undertaking of two conferences on our selection Sunday show. So I'm going to go over the teams that made it from both the Big Ten and the Big East, and then we will dive into these questions here. So from the Big Ten, we have Rutgers in the uh, in the kind of the last in there, the, the play-in games, essentially the first four. We have Rutgers, Michigan State, Purdue, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, and Wisconsin. And then from the Big East, we have Marquette. Yeah, way too many teams. And then we have from the Big East, Marquette, Seton Hall, Nova, Providence and Creighton. So, Gus, first question I have to ask: Do you believe that all the teams from your conference that made the tournament? Do you believe like all the teams that that should have made the tournament made the tournament, or do you think that some shouldn't have made the tournament? Kind of from give us the Big Ten first, then we'll then we'll go Big East. So, sounds good. Loaded yeah. question with the Big Ten, I think, and I think if you ask fans, you know, everywhere, you know, including yourselves, Alan, that like maybe nine's a little too heavy. Yeah. A little too heavy. We're going to take Michigan over Dayton. I I, I don't know if take Michigan really and the give them a give them doing. a buy. Yeah. 
I, yeah, they didn't even have to go to Dayton, which is baffling. I, I, I don't, under, I didn't understand that one a lot. Um, I loved Rutgers getting in, being uh, you know based in New Jersey. It was really cool to see those quad one wins kind of be weighed a little heavier than the yeah. quad three losses that they took earlier in the season. Unfortunately, that wasn't the same equation for right. Dayton, like we just mentioned. Uh, in I liked Indy getting in, and that speaks to like the urgency that is apparent in every conference tournament. Like they had urgency to win important games in that tournament, yeah. otherwise they're not in right now. So that that itself, I think, um, uh, speaks to the importance and the magic that is each individual. Another conference thing tournament. as it translated um, to Michigan other State, teams because it didn't matter for other teams. Like other teams doing stuff in the conference tournament just mattered zero. So, yeah. Yeah. The consistency there wasn't something that you're in love with, right, Dal? Not exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I, Michigan State is kind of like a blah seven. Uh, loved where Purdue and Illinois were at slotted. I think that's appropriate. And uh, if you look at like Ohio State, it seems like they might be limping in. Uh, even though, you know, we have a bunch of Ohio State fans listening to the podcast as well. And uh, Iowa seems super dangerous as a five. And if we're going to, you know, point anything else out, I think Wisconsin, yeah, they got it made. They get to play their first two games in Wisconsin, in Wisconsin, in Pfizer yeah. form. It's like a home game for them, essentially. That's wild. It, yeah. yeah, it definitely will be a home game. That yeah. thing will be very yeah, red. That is, that is something. So, all right. Now, give me, give me your thoughts on the Big East. You know, you think that every team that made it should have made it, or do you think some teams were snubbed? Do you think some teams got the lucky hand? You know, what do you think? No, I think, I think accurate. You're going to hear complaints from the Xavier fan base, and maybe yeah. rightly so, maybe not so much. They had a really unique lineup with those two bigs, with Nunji from uh, Iowa uh, and. Um, Fremantle from here in New Jersey. So they did have like a really unique construct as a, you know, team roster, roster building goes. But if you lose what seven out of your last eight and really don't show up in the big East tournament, I, you know, you made your own bed there as far as Xavier goes. Uh, love that UConn is a five. They got spot on for them. Uh, also love that Providence uh, has a four. They have a really tough first round matchup, by the way. Uh, Nova and um, Nova being the two, that makes sense. If they advance, they get to play in Philly, which is really unique. Marquette has a really cool matchup with UNC. And then seeing them in person, I think yeah. Creighton is a problem. I think they're really You can good. score 40 points on that San Diego State They have team. three freshmen. They, 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 they have three freshmen that are kind of figuring it out. And they have the defensive player in the of the year, uh, a call Brenner, who is an absolute eraser at the rim and super efficient offensively at the rim as well. So I, I don't really have a problem with anything inside the Big East. I think you could could plain maybe a little bit about Indiana or maybe Michigan in the big in the Big Ten, but I think they kind of got yeah, everybody where no, they needed to be. I would agree with that. Um, Creighton, by the way, just absolutely blew my mind. I know like Providence was. They were pretty lucky all year, but I didn't think that Creighton yeah. was or Providence was like twenty-seven point loss to Creighton that lucky. You know what I mean? That's pretty intense that they lost. Mm. You know, they, that Creighton beat them that badly, and then I mean the very next game, Villanova slugs one out against Creighton, only holding them to forty-eight points. So 
just yeah. a wacky Big East tournament, all things considered. Um, so yeah, it was pretty fun. I'm sure you had a great time covering it, and you know, being there was probably amazing. I'm sure. So, yeah, seeing uh, seeing Creighton in person really opened my eyes to them. Uh, seeing what uh, Colin Gillespie did in the final yeah. minutes of the final game was really impressive and really stamped him as Big East Player of the Year, and a reason why if you're on the fence for coming back or not coming back that, and he said that in his post game uh, interview on the court, that's why he decided to come back because he had that year robbed from him yeah. from injury. So I, yeah, I, I think that that was a kind of a special moment for Nova fans and for the point guard yeah, uh, specifically. So, okay. So kind of our next question is, are you happy with the seating of the big 10? Are there any overseeded teams or underseeded teams? I know we talked about teams that maybe shouldn't have been in it at all, but you know, just looking at seedings in hmm. general, are, what do you think? Well, I think we mentioned it before. You, if your mission is going to be in, they have to be in Dayton. So whatever number they have next to them and they're not playing in the first four seems a little silly. And uh, Dal, I think you mentioned it before. It seems like it's you know uh, not consistent with what they've used as criteria for the rest of the field. Uh, great with Purdue being a three, uh, also fine with Iowa being a five due to their, uh, late start. And then they got hot recently. Uh, so a five seems like a perfect fit. And like I said before with Michigan state and Ohio state, it's just very blah sevens. Like they don't really excite you. Maybe you want to be, get on the EJ Liddell train, but that seems okay. And I just really pleased that Rutgers got in and Indiana got in for the playing games. Obviously, Indiana being one of the biggest brands in our sport, so they're always good. It's always good to have them involved. And Rutgers, I'll tell you right now, they were a possession away from beating Houston last year, and Houston made it all the way to a Final Four. So I'd be nervous if I had to prep for Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers has has upset like every Big Ten team that was you know like quality this year, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, so pretty much. And uh, Wisconsin, I think, at the three-line in Wisconsin, they couldn't have asked for anything better. Like, every Wisconsin fan is kind of dancing and probably Absolutely, dancing with yeah. the drinking. The problem is, so, I've um, seen, I've talked to Wisconsin fans, and they are mad about it. And I'm like, I don't know what else you want from this. Dal, Dal don't you realize that every college team fan is unhappy with Selection Sunday no matter what? Like, I bet Gonzaga <laughs> fans are punching air right now because they got they got the wrong one. You know what I mean? Like, no one's happy on Selection Sunday for some reason. It bothers the heck out of me. Like, except except Duke and Bro, Coach no. K. Yeah, I will. I'm not happy. He wanted the East. Um, I I said Coach K is not happy. He wanted the East. Um, but I will say, you know, everyone's not saying that it's a valid point because I do completely agree with you about Michigan being that 11 seed, not getting the play in, all that. But I do think every once in a while the committee does this. I'm specifically thinking when they first introduced the first four and there, I think it was VCU was 11 seed, maybe even Syracuse were 11 seed, mm-hmm. where we sit here and we say, what the hell is this? But then the committee gets just a little drop of luck and that team goes on a run. And I look at that bracket. I would not be shocked to see Michigan versus Arizona in that Elite Eight because I'm even though Tennessee looks good, they've looked bad, as a lot of teams have. Uh, I, I'm not completely sold on Villanova. I feel like if, if uh, Jay Wright's not winning a title, he's not making the Sweet 16. That kind of seems to be his thing. I, I just feel like mm-hmm. – there's a monster that they have that we, the media feeds and we're sitting here and, and I guarantee you all week, Michigan's going to be a, a topic of discussion. 
and then we're going to look up, and boom, it's 72-70 with three minutes left, Michigan-Arizona in the Elite Eight. Like, I just I just have that feeling. I don't know if they can beat Arizona. Arizona looks really good. But Mich- Michigan and North Carolina and Memphis, actually, are three teams that I am deathly afraid of. So glad they're not as a Kentucky fan, not in my bracket. I don't think all three of them is going to make right. a run, but one of them will be in the Elite Eight. I, I feel very comfortable saying that. Well, Matt, you bring up a great point, and we've talked about this on on the podcast as well, is that there's always a team in Dayton in that play-in situation that gets hot. Whether they win a game or they win a game or two, or they go all the way to the Final Four, like you mentioned VCU that one year, or we can just go in recent history and go UCLA last season. So you're right on, Matt. You have to identify your team inside that play-in situation and say, you know what? This team is going to win a couple of games. It's just not going to win this game. It's going to advance to the next weekend and maybe even further. So everybody out there, listeners, do your homework inside that playing game situation because you know history tells us one of those teams is going to get hot and they might get hot yep. all the way to the final Very four. True. We call it the Syracuse. <laughs> yeah. Sarah Claus, really, <laughs> is what we should call it. But yeah. mm, I like that even better. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, okay, okay. I think I think we can play with the name. I don't think we need to settle on one, right, fellas? All right, so uh, we're going to give a rapid fire. or uh, I think, yeah, yeah, we're going to give a rapid fire of each. The Big Ten, we'll start with Big Ten and the Big East. As far as um, your expectations, where you think their tournament ends, if they make it to the championship game, that's, that's kind of where we'll call it. Uh, but, yeah, so starting with Big Ten, we'll go Rutgers. I think Rutgers is really live against that Notre Dame team. And we've seen Alabama be really schizophrenic all year Jekyll where they can beat the best team in the nation in Gonzaga and then, you know, go ahead and drop a bomb. The thing I, the, the reason I think that Rutgers is interesting against Alabama in that next round, considering yeah. they get past Notre Dame is that Alabama's defensive numbers and metrics are not what they were a year ago. They're not the same team they were a year ago. I mean, I don't know if this is the, the Herb Jones corollary where he's just such an impactful defensive player yeah. that that you know that he made them a top 20 defensive team last year I don't know but this isn't your same Alabama from last season so I think they're vulnerable and they've shown that they're vulnerable yeah. we have history of that so Rutgers I think is one of those teams that you could look in Matt like you mentioned in that playing game situation and that might be the team you pick all right and then we have Indiana in the other playing situation I think Indiana versus Wyoming <laughs> is going to be yeah. an awesome matchup here's why you have, yeah, it, it's going to be incredible because you have Trey Jackson Davis, who's one of the best players in the country. But guess what? He's going to be kind of looking in the mirror with less verticality with Graham E.K. So I, I really think that they might have trouble with Hunter Maldonado, who's a bigger point guard, plays at his own pace. So the pace and the close game that's going to be played here, it's going to be like a final minute game. And if Hunter Maldonado hits one of those corner threes or Graham E.K. gets one of those N1s on the inside with his over-the-shoulder kind of toss hook shot, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Trey Jackson Davis gets in some foul trouble against E.K. as well. So I I am not sold, and I kind of like the Cowboys I love it. Uh, Michigan State. I I, I don't know. You could make the argument that this game is the best coaching matchup in the whole entire tour. Yeah. So if you are into like sets and quick hitters and blobs, like this is the game to pay attention to. And you want to see if Max Christie kind of becomes that guy for Michigan State. 
We've kind of been like waiting on that the whole entire season. Hasn't happened yet. I don't think it's going to start happening against Davidson. So I like Davidson and their offensive efficiency and coach. McCurry. He can make a ton of money though in this, in this tournament, Max Christie could. Cause he could have a huge, he could have a huge March and that could skyrocket him up the draft boards. It's very true. It would be a very similar run to what Ryan Kalkbrenner did for Creighton inside the Big East tournament, where he showed he could operate inside and be a real effective uh, on the defensive end, but just on a much, much larger yeah. stage. Agreed, Dal. Uh, Purdue. Going to have trouble against Yale. Just telling you right now. Yale is not – like I, if an Ivy team was going to make it and do some damage, it would have been Princeton. Yale's just not big enough. Swaim's an awesome three-point shooter. I think too much activity and length for Purdue. So I, I don't see them running into trouble there. And Purdue is going to be one of those teams that you're going to like try to find a way to get out early. But sometimes in these tournament settings, if you have the best player on the floor, which they will most of the yeah. time with Jaden Ivey, you find ways to win games. And if he's not playing against the NBA draft board and playing yeah. against the team on the court, he's, so he's the best player. That is so true. Um, Illinois. Oh, be careful of Chatta. Just be careful of Chatta. <laughs> I, 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 they, they, they have been amazing all year. Go Mox. Um, they have a lead guard who's legit, and they have a big inside that can do stuff. Uh, Brown is is really talented. He's kind of gotten a little buzz uh, around the country as like one of these guards that maybe we need to pay attention to. And who knows? Maybe this is the point where he kind of blows up and he's the one that makes himself a little bit of money, Dow, like you were mentioning yes a little bit before with Max Christie. I think Illinois is in a little bit of trouble here. And I don't know what kind of Curbelo we're getting. Are we getting the Mad Hatter Curbelo? That's going to make some crazy decisions, or are we going to get the really gifted ball handling Curbelo? That's like kind of magical and wizardry with the ball. It's a, so I think it's very. I think I saw dependent. the other day, and I, I could be wrong, but I, I think I saw that they were thirteen and one without Andre Curbelo, which is absolutely insane. I know they rested right. up early in the season, so yeah. the quality of opponents weren't all Big Ten teams, but. Still in, incredibly insane that you, what was heralded as want to be supposed to be one of the better returning players in college basketball, uh, at least in the backcourt, comes back and their team is 13-1 without you, but like five and six with you. It, that's pretty bad. You know, that's not good. Um, yeah. His influence yeah. on winning is questionable. Uh, Michigan. Yeah. Love my Rams. Love David Rowdy. Love Stevens at love the point it. guard position. I, 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 I'm giving everybody permission right now. Everybody has permission to put David Roddy on one of their All American teams. Yeah, just go ahead and do it right now. Okay, stop playing around <laughs> with it. Stop trying to find where you're going to put like the second Kansas guy. No, David Roddy is an All America player. Put him on first, second, or third team. I'm giving everybody permission out there to do that. Michigan's in a lot of trouble here. Um, you have me sold, man. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Ohio, Ohio State. Final four. So sleepy, right? Just coming in a little bit uninspired, not losses. totally healthy. I love, yeah, I love EJ Liddell. I think he's uber talented. He's one of the top 10 players in the nation. It's going to be really trendy 
to have Loyola Chicago pop up in the next bracket when you're filling out your bracket. Isn't it, everybody? Really trendy? Yeah. Got it done in 12 of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, with that said, I think we might want to uh, lean Ohio State here. Interesting. I, I, I'm really high on this loyal Chicago team. I know they've been up and down, but I really like Drew Valentine. What he hasn't mm. there hasn't been a total drop off in in the changing of the guard there. So I, I'm I'm appreciative of that at least. Uh, Key matchup there is going to be the freshman guard Smith from Ohio State against Williamson, the defensive ace for Loyal Chicago. Smith has been kind of finding himself and feeling himself. He could be one of those players that blows See, up. But you forgot that Loyola Chicago has the power of God behind them and Sister Jean. So they are untouchable now. She's not <laughs> traveling true. with a team this year. That's not true. the same, That's not true. the same vibe. But, but God is omnipresent, so is Sister Jean, I feel like. So, <laughs> uh, so, what, so when they lose, we're blaming her, right? Yeah, yeah. No, because she didn't travel it's with her. Yeah. It's her fault. <laughs> it's her fault. Exactly, right, right. Right, we 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 just create we just create a lot of. I'm sorry, listeners. All right, uh, <laughs> hey, don't feel bad. Uh, somebody wished COVID would come back a it couple weeks ago. That's that's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Thanks to that, Matt. I'll pass. <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I just said somebody. Oh no, did no, it. no. I, I'm just saying. Uh, I agree. All right, oh, Iowa. Man. Look, we had Jacob Gilliard on the podcast earlier this year. He was amazing. He came back just yep. for this reason to get to March. Nobody is a bigger menace on the defensive end than Jacob Gilliard. We're gonna get smoked. I yep. love it. I freaking I love, love it. the spiders. I was gonna smoke them. They don't have anybody that can deal with Murray. You know, they're gonna say they're gonna put Grant Golden on him. They're gonna put Grace on them. It's too big, too skilled, too much. All right, and then uh, last one for the Big Ten is Wisconsin. Drink Wisconsin, uh, uh, drink responsibly, Wisconsin. <laughs> okay, while you enjoy your Badgers making yeah. it to the Sweet yeah, Sixteen, I, I agree with that. For Colgate, Jack Ferguson is one of the most efficient players in the country last season, but not this season. And Jordan Burns isn't walking through that door. So, uh, yeah, Wisconsin, Sweet Sixteen, easiest road of any of the Very top good. four seats. All right, moving to the Big East, we have Marquette. I think it's kind of interesting, and I wish that uh, I wish that the transfer from UNC, uh, at UNC uh, Dawson Garcia was healthy because that would be like some sort of weirdo yeah. like Marquette UNC revenge game. Um, but I think that it's a great clash of styles. What style is going to win out? UNC has proven they can get up and down and kind of beat anybody if they run up and down. They may or may not guard. Like guarding is kind of optional for them this season. But Marquette will guard. They'll guard you all the way to the toilet, to the sink when you wash your hands, to the towel dispenser when you dry your hands, and then they'll even open the door for you because they're still guarding you on the way out of the restroom. Like, they will guard you up and down the court. So in the clash of styles, maybe you lean better player, and Baycott might be the better player. So that's where I would lean there. Dig it. Uh, Seton Hall. Similar to like Michigan State and Ohio State, just like kind of flat. They've had some, they've had some highlights this season. All of them have been at the Rock. Yeah. So at their home court uh, in Newark, New Jersey, they're not playing in the Rock. They're playing on a neutral court. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to match up against Jamie Dixon. I wouldn't want to match up yeah. against TCU. They have a couple decent guards. Miles is really talented. I will say this about Seton Hall. They will defend. They're really long. But will their shot efficiency 
allow them to succeed. And to be honest, the Harvard tra- transfer, Bryce Aiken, is really showing his importance because they're yeah. struggling at the league. Goal. I like Aiken a lot. Uh, Villanova. <laughs> Aiken's great. I say I, I can still remember when he was at Harvard. You know, watching one of those Friday night like Ivy games where he just went for forty against Yale, and it was just like silly, like how, like how easily it came. Yeah. Like if that forty came, and like you were just like watching him play in the playground. It was amazing. He's 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 a really talented player. Um, uh, Nova and Delaware, you love the matchup. That's like an old school like I don't know yeah. Division One Double A football <laughs> matchup or something like that. That's really weird, right? So, and I know a couple of uh, buddies in the neighborhood that live directly next door to each other that are. One is Villanova. One is 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 Delaware. They fly their flags outside the whole thing. Um, yeah, but Nova's gonna Nova's gonna roll here, and I think Nova sees the light at the end of the tunnel, where they can kind of play a few of those games in Philly. I also think that if you want to question Villanova, kind of like Matt said earlier, they're gonna go to the title game, or they're gonna not yeah. make the Sweet Sixteen. If I was gonna lean one way with this team, I think I would lean the latter. They just don't have the same NBA talent that no. they've had in years past on championship teams. I agree teams. with that. Uh, Providence, the luckiest team in the Big East in all of college basketball? <laughs> I, I don't know if their luck is going to run out against the Jackrabbits. The Jackrabbits are really talented. They put South up a Dakota ton of State points. Maybe. Providence is plays uh, – they, 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 uh, they, they play a yeah. ton of minutes, uh, Providence does. I'm interested about the Manaya matchup with Davis. I think that's going to be interesting. But I, if I'm going to lean one way here, I, I think we might go Providence and continue that luck streak. But this game might be closer than you think. Uh, Creighton. Love Creighton. I'm going to advance them. They are not scared to play a slowdown, low-scoring game. They proved that in the Big East final. They were a possession or two away. Or they were a Colin Gillespie, like, double three-pointer in the last minute yeah. and a half away from winning that game. Guess what? San Diego State has Matt Bradley, but I don't know if Matt Bradley's Colin Glepsey. We'll find out real fast. Um, so if they can find a way to contain him with one of the freshmen, maybe Kaluma is on him, maybe uh, 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 maybe Washington is on him. I, I'm not sure. But I think if they can contain Bradley, they'll be very comfortable in a low-scoring game. And I think that San Diego State's going to have a lot of trouble scoring. It. And then the, to wrap things up, UConn. I kind of, I kind of like what's going on there. Hurley is all over the court for an extended amount of time. When we, when we were at Madison Square Garden, he was just clearly standing on the court for an entire <laughs> offensive possession. Not anywhere near the coach's coaching box. Two feet squarely on the court. He just doesn't care. And he's so enthusiastic. Yeah. He believes in these guys. And, you know, RJ Cole is a Jersey guy, and he's tough as nails. He's not going to give up. But I, I – I, I, and I love Martin. I think Martin's like a sneaky NBA wing yeah. in the waiting. He's one of the – he's probably one of like six or seven guys in the nation that – Averages over 15, over seven boards, and shoots at 40% from three. So there's not many people in college basketball that that does what he yeah. does as well as he does it. So and, and, and they have Sonogo. I like them. I think that, you know, I think that New Mexico State is interesting. They have a great backcourt with Rice and uh, Teddy Allen. So the, the talent is going to be even there. I think the advantage comes with Sonogo, although I think McCants might give him some trouble inside. 
But yeah, you, I think UConn can move on. And I think UConn can make some, I think they can make some noise in this tournament. All right, man. So as we are wrapping up two more questions here, first is what's a matchup. doesn't matter if it's first round or a potential matchup. What's just something that you want to see right now? Uh, uh, we, We discussed it a little bit earlier. I can't wait to watch the Rams beat Michigan. It's, it's going to be make, awesome. It's going to make the and and I can't uh, wait for NCAA I, like evaluation how they pick their tournament. You know how they pick the brackets, the committee. They're going to eat crow, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, can I? I don't know if you've seen. You won't have to wait long. It's the first game outside of the final, mm-hmm. the first four. So that Thursday at what twelve ten. So you won't have Let's to go. wait long. And by the way, I'm not happy with you know Michigan at all. Like, why is Tom Brady announcing that he's going to come back in the middle of the selection show? On selection hey, I'm, Sunday. I'm what are we even 100% doing? 100% okay with Tom Brady now. So he's coming back, man. As a Bucks fan, I'm just Connor, over hush. the moon. I'm going to have to mute someone that's right, that's on, right. on Riverside right here. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about Connor and Tom Brady. I'm 100% okay with, with Tom Brady coming back. I was... And if we go with uh, matchup two. Ma- go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, if we go with matchup two real fast, okay, yeah, UAB yeah. and Houston. I'm, I'm excited to see Andy Kennedy back in the tournament. So I'm, I'm 100% on board for that. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, with your side side note with the Brady stuff, is like I'm a thousand times happier that I don't have to root for Deshaun Watson potentially or Blaine Gabbert or you know, watch Kyle Trask cut his teeth on NFL, like, you know, like in the NFL game. So uh, <laughs> all, all on board for that. So. All right, um, we've we've had you on the show before. Is there anything else you want to plug other than the screen, the screener podcast? And you could tell us where to find your work or anything like that. But we know our our listeners should know it's a quality college basketball podcast. You guys know your stuff on that on that show. Um, is there anything else? Yeah, and Thank is there you anything the else that you want to plug here now? No, no, just uh, you know, if you're looking for further college basketball content, hit up your podcast consumption vehicle, punch in, screen the screener, college basketball podcast will pop up and hopefully fill fill your earbuds and uh, and your speakers. And uh, if you're into following games, uh, we're trying to help out with a, a, a cool free app, Rave on Sports, and you can get into like a Twitter type conversation slash chat with people that are just into that game. And so it's like a nice, safe place to, you know, kind of interact with people. So that's a, a cool thing that we're trying to help out with as well. But no, just, uh, you know, give us a follow on Twitter over at SES Podcast. Efficiency of keystrokes. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on again, Gus, and we'll definitely have you on next season. Uh, so we appreciate you coming on, man. We'd love to. Uh, cheers, gentlemen. Thank you for putting up such a quality product. And uh, thank you for bringing in together so many quality minds to get everybody straight for the great week that Thanks, lies man. ahead. Cheers. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Cheers. Win in. <laughs> All right. So we don't have a guest for the SEC because you are talking, you're listening to, not talking to, you're listening to three of the guys who probably watched like more SEC games than most people in the nation, at least. I feel like we watch a lot of SEC games. We didn't need somebody else, uh, and we had somebody else lined up, and they backed out, and I think it was probably for the better because we know a lot of SEC basketball. So with that said, Matt, Dow, are we happy with the teams? I mean, go ahead and read the teams for us, Dow. Yeah, Vanderbilt is a four seed. Florida is a three seed. Mississippi State's a three seed. Oh, you meant the NCAA tournament. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm in NIT mode, baby. No. Wait, uh, did Vandy make the NIT? 
Yeah, they're a they four seed. Props too. Props too. Dan- Dandy, Florida, Mississippi State. Those three. Right, get Anyways. back to the ones that matter. Anyways, the, so to the NCAA tournament, uh, we got Kentucky. Yeah, now get back to the teams that matter. NCAA right, tournament right. only teams matter. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Auburn. So, like, you're it's we're Auburn. stretching the we're stretching the definition there. Anyways, we got Kentucky and Auburn both as two seeds. We got Tennessee as a three seed. We have Arkansas as a four seed, and then Alabama and LSU both got six seeds. So, are you guys? Do you guys think that every team that should have made the from the conference should have made the tournament did, or do you think some teams are snubbed? I, I do think Texas A and M was snubbed. I mean, yeah. they just—I mean, not to quote Calipari because you know you got to really weed through what he says as with a you know grain of salt. But if you have a good season or a, a, just a, a mediocre style season in the conference that we had this year, and then you go on a run like they just went on where they beat Auburn and Arkansas, you at least got to get one of them play-in games. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't, and I don't I don't even think they were top three first out, were they? I think it was Dayton. I think they were yeah, so, out. Yeah. yeah. It was like Dayton, Oklahoma, and somebody else ahead of them. So, I mean, you got to at least get it in there. Um, that's what she said. So Yeah, that's, that's what she said. That's what she should have done. And she should have put them in. So – I mean, mostly overall, because we've seen this throughout the season, that there was the top four teams, and then there was like a gap, and then there was two or three teams, yeah. and then there was a gap and everybody else. So for the most part, it all seemed to, to fit nicely. It's what she said again. But A&M was just that, if I had to complain, A&M's that one that I, I think should have been in there. Yeah, they're such a weird, they're such a weird team because if you take out – they lost to Kentucky on January 19th. If you take out that January 19th to February 19th, they lost a total of three games. The problem is their best non-conference win was Notre Dame uh, at a, on a neutral floor. And yeah. if you look at that, if you actually include that month of January 19th to February 19th, they went 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. They went 1 and 9. So it's just like, it's with and in that is a home loss to Missouri, so like it's just tough. I I can see the point of them making it, but I can also see why you keep them out. And I do think that it's dumb that the SEC championship they ended up losing, but that it clearly just didn't matter as much as it probably should. Um, okay, so I do have a hot take about this A and M team. Who are the two teams that they upset in this tournament? In the Auburn SEC and tournament? Arkansas. Auburn, Auburn, Arkansas, right? Who are the two teams in the SEC that had the most favorable home whistle? Connor loves to push this agenda. It's but, uh, it's uh, Auburn and Arkansas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that, yeah. But that's my thing is that, like, was this a good A&M team? Absolutely. I agree with that. But then you saw what happened when they faced a team that doesn't rely on a home whistle in Tennessee. You know what yeah. I mean? They actually rely on solid defense. You know, so like it, it is it is one of those things. It's like I think Auburn and Arkansas were a little bit overrated, and uh, and A and M just happened to run like just to, they they were desperate. They were a desperate team that ran into a little bit of overrated teams, and then they made it to the championship that. game. No, I'm not. Did penalizing you just use this as that. a reason to kick on? Auburn and Arkansas—is that what this is about? Let's no, because I actually was no, riding no. the must bus for right. a while too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True, Connor, Connor was whipping the must bus. You're- 
Let's get down to the end of it. Kentucky lost to those two teams at home and didn't get a chance to play them. Or on the road, didn't get a chance to play them at home. And this is his. It's cool, Connor. We're cool. We're cool. It's cool. I mean, whatever you want to believe. But I pulled the stats. And, I mean, stats don't lie, man. Stats don't lie. They're a little bit flawed, but they don't lie. That's why. <laughs> anyways, anyways, but they ran it. Like, you got this team that that ran into a potential one seed in Auburn. And then you got to, like, one of the hottest teams in the country in Arkansas. And they, they at one point, were up on 20 on both of them, right? But then, at you know, like, I turned on the game later today, uh, like, probably, like, 1-15, and you look, and it's 14 to nothing in the game. Tennessee's up. And almost a carbon copy of Tennessee's game on Kentucky yesterday, except for the fact that Kentucky cut it close at the end. But, I mean, like, Tennessee won by 15 points. It was, like, it really wasn't close for the most of the game. And that's what happens when you rely on good defense. Tennessee's one of the best defenses in the nation. So anyway, the one last thing I'll say to that number porn, I love a good number porn. It was a 15 point and I think it was like 65 to 50. Oh, that's yeah. number porn right there when it's a perfect 15 <laughs> point win. And it's just like, boom, you don't have to do any mental math. It's right there. It's right mm, no. there telling you how to do Speaking it. Speaking of the opposite is I think we've maybe talked about it. There's the worst loss ever, like 70 to 58. It's 12 points, but it looks like 20. Yeah, it looks it really does. bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Number four. That's a good point. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Um, so, all right. We, we talked about teams. We think A&M kind of snub, kind of not. Just depends on, like, how you feel about it. You know, like, it's what it depends is, on how but, you feel about Auburn and Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, I, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> are you happy with the seeding of, of these teams that actually did make the? Were there any overseeded or underseeded teams? So, Am I happy with it? Yeah, because as a Kentucky fan, I feel like we got a really good draw all the way around. If I'm being just an unbiased, like just college basketball fan, and if they supposed to take every game into consideration, which we know they don't, Tennessee had a claim for a two seed. Yeah, had the same absolutely. amount of losses as us, beat us twice, won the conference title. Um, uh, what a second in the overall regular season standings. So they had a claim for a two seed and. Maybe controversial thought, which I, I mean, LSU deserved that six seed. But the committee has said before, if they lose a player, like if a player gets injured, they take into consideration will he return, will he not, and if he doesn't return, then they kind of judge him not being out there. I'm surprised they didn't penalize LSU for not having their coach. You know, that's a big role, and we don't know what we're getting. So, I, but I am kind of surprised that they didn't put them maybe on an eight nine line. Um, but you know, I think we've we've all kind of, if you're a fan of the SEC, you know that. It's kind of already the ink's already dried by the time we get to noon yeah. on Saturday, and I think once we were kind of inked, it, uh, once Auburn lost on Saturday, us and Tennessee were inked two three, and um, I'm, so that's just all my only nitpick on it. But I'm happy, like I said, two seed, love where we're at. I would I would have loved for Tennessee and Duke to swap. I think Tennessee deserved the the two seed more than Duke. Duke hung on to that two seed by what they did earlier in the season tennessee earned it later in the season and i think tennessee beat better teams than duke did except for obviously gonzaga but that was like i said earlier in the season so um that's my only drawback i think tennessee got it kind of got a little the shaft a little bit there but i mean all in all tennessee i don't, shouldn't really care i don't think tennessee's end of year was nearly as impressive as you are acting like it was they got a, a Kentucky win at home. They got an Auburn win at home. They got an Arkansas win at home. Yeah, they all lost, came out. They're, oh, on, yeah. they're two only like big away games. They lost those. They played Mizzou and Georgia 
as two of their last four. I I agree that Duke kind of has a little bit of a questionable resume, especially given the the lack of ACC one ACC tournament success, but also just the ACC in general. Yeah, but it, I, I still am... factors into how conference tournaments play in it too, because some conferences got the benefit of the tournament where other conferences didn't. So if we're factoring conference tournament success, then yes, Tennessee got snubbed. If we don't factor in it, then no, they didn't get snubbed. I agree with you on that. You know what I mean? Sure. And I, I'm looking real quick. I, I don't want to have like a bunch of dead air, but like, you know, I, I think that one of the, the point that I was kind of looking at too, if we base it fairly across the field, we kind of acknowledge they may have should have had been, been ahead of Duke. They really outplayed Kentucky down the stretch twice. And I can't imagine, I haven't got a chance to look. I can't imagine Villanova's stretch was impressive as beating Kentucky twice, Auburn and Arkansas. Just another team that got a two seed. So, I, I don't know. I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, like, Tennessee. Villanova like, also beat Tennessee straight up. So Yeah, they did. Uh, Tennessee shouldn't be too upset about it. Like, I don't think, like, they're, like, up in arms. Like, we got a three-seed. Okay. Like, look at their draw. I mean, they could easily go out. And if they play the defense like they did the past weekend against Villanova, they will they will absolutely beat Villanova uh, yeah. in, that, in that Sweet 16 matchup, right? So. And then at that point, they got to be either Arizona or Houston or TCU you know, or Illinois, like one of those you know, four, three or four. Those are winnable games for them, too, because they've already matched up with Arizona. Uh, they are you know, like and this is a way different team than when they matched up before. So, I mean, this is just a really like I think they're just they're peaking at the right time for Tennessee. Offense has a lot left to be desired. But defensively, you got to, like they're doing what they want defensively, and they do it against good offensive teams, and that's that's impressive. And I will say, I said the same about Memphis earlier with one of our guests. This kind of feels like one of a Kentucky team, actually, where they relied on so many young dudes who yeah. really didn't find a role early, and now they're kind of finding their role. Um, which kind of leads me to curious on how Barnes and all that works out, because I think we've seen it with Kentucky. You get in the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, Final Four, your freshman. Can, it can get difficult for them. And especially if uh, Kennedy Chandler struggles at that line, that could be a killer in a close game late because you want him out there. But if he's yeah. going to be a, a liability, kind of a hack-a-Chandler situation, <laughs> um, we're going to see, I, I think, I think they're going to see the potential perks and the potential demise of relying on young freshmen. Yeah. yeah. The only, only team that I think really is, and I'd see why they got the seed, but – that I think was either over or underseeded. I think Alabama is a little bit overseeded. Yeah. Granted, they also beat Baylor, beat Gonzaga, beat Houston, beat Tennessee, so and beat Auburn. So like, absolutely unreal. They beat two one seeds and got, <laughs> but they totally right, crapped the like, bed. They also lost to Georgia and Mizzou. So yeah, like it's been the most. They also like, lost to Memphis. They lost to Memphis team. that looks fine now, but they lost to that shit Memphis team. That was not yeah. good Memphis. So, yeah. I T Rex arm, Amani uh, Bates, Memphis. <laughs> exactly. They them having thirteen losses. Granted, a, like they have maybe the three or four best wins in the country. Uh, if you look at the like kind of top of the top, uh, but them just having thirteen losses and some of those losses are to bad teams. Yeah. It them as a them as a six seems better than higher than they actually are in my opinion, but I can also see why they got it. 
Yeah, their 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 quad one wins really carried them to that six. Yeah. So like Absolutely. I get it, but yeah, whatever. So all right. I think um, it kind of oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Matt. I was gonna say I think it just kind of wraps up everything we discussed that the committee went with that narrative about the SEC that the top five are amazing and the bottom five are horrific. So Alabama did pretty decent against some of the top teams. And then when you lose to that horrific thing, I think it kind of balances. So they said, hey, we're not going to give you Texas A&M. We're not going to give you Mississippi State or Vandy. But the ones we do give you, we're going to give them a nice uh, comfy seat. Yeah. All right. So let's do our rapid fire expectations for each team. Just give me the round you think they exit uh, from the tournament. And and if they if you think they make it to the final four, we'll just count that like as the as the cap. Because at that point, it's kind of like whatever. Uh, so let's go Arkansas. What do you guys think? I got them final four. Vermont, baby. They're losing first round. Okay. I have them sweet 16. Uh, Alabama. Also losing elite first eight. Round. I got elite eight. I think that threes get hot and it falls. They fall to Texas tech in the second round. Uh, they fall to Rutgers. You think they fall right? I, I, I have you, them. I have them second round losing Tech. Uh, Tech Hunter, you're convincing me about that. Tech's guards will eat them alive. I, I, I'm going to stick with the Elite Eight, but Connor, I will be honest. I forgot about that matchup. I, I'm that's really convincing me, but I'm going Elite Eight still. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, yes, stick your guns. All right, Kentucky championship. Got to agreed. I have Final Four. Agreed. Uh, playing by Connor's rules, yeah, Final Four. Yeah, I, I have Final Four. At that point, it's flip a coin on, on all, honestly. But See, uh, CJ Frederick is coming back from injury strictly to play in the UK-Iowa championship game. That is Nikki B predicted, yeah. I would love that for them, but yeah. Uh, Tennessee. Elite 8. Sweet 16. I have Elite 8. Um, let's see. LSU. First round. Sweet 16. If they had their, co- if they had their coach, I'd say Elite 8, but I think without that. They're and they're not even going to have any games. They're not even going to have any games under the belt of it. Like if, if this had happened like mid season or something, though, he's not good. He's bad. Yeah, Plus, they, they're going to get they, Coach O in there. They Coach made O's it gonna, despite Will Wade. They made it the tournament despite Will Wade. Coach O is going to come in and and talk him up, give him a pep talk. I have second round. They're going to lose to Wisconsin. Uh, no, Johnny Davis is bad. Tari Eason's going to lock that boy up. I still lose Ohio State. Still think of Wisconsin with their coach is better than LSU without their coach. Even no. if it was Will Wade, uh, and then Auburn, second round. Yeah. Uh, me too against Miami. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait. Tell them like <laughs> Rico, Rico, the Penguin out there, gonna shoot them out you of know, the game. Another Ofer. I have a. He's gonna be Owen Johnson at this point. <laughs> I have a. I have kind of a, a question for you guys, but I'm gonna tie it in with this. I'm going to say second round. Because Bruce Pearl seems like the type of coach that when you expect a lot from him and his team, he's going to let you down. And the moment you say, hey, he don't have it, that's when they go to the Elite Eight Final Four. He's We're expecting that, a lot of him. He needs yeah. someone to, he needs someone to like be fighting with and Yeah. He needs an And, and I'll be on I'll be honest with you. I just kind of tie this in because it's kind of a question. I want to know if you think there's a team like it. My, I think my team's Alabama. If you remember back in 2018, Auburn was really good. They tore yeah. through the conference. They were projected to be great. They lost early in the SEC tournament, and I think they lost in the Sweet 16. 
The next year, nobody really expected anything from them. They started off ugly, if I'm not mistaken. Kentucky beat them twice. They ended up in the Final Four. I think this year's Alabama, because last year was the year we expected everything from them, right? Well, the best team in the country. You can't stop that three points barrage. Yep. They lost in the Sweet 16. This year, shell of themselves. I think they get hot. Do you see a team like that who had all the expectations last year, failed to live up to them, now that we're sleeping on them, I think Arkansas is going to be like that, even though they got Tennessee. hot, so it's kind of not that. I mean, Tennessee, that was historically one supposed to be one of their better teams last year, and they freaking lost it, what, first round, second round? Yeah. I do Oregon agree. Ten- State. I, I'm really with you. All season, I've been thinking Tennessee and Arkansas, but the problem is they both got really hot to the point where it's no longer – it's a hot take. Super, it's not a hot take. Yeah, yeah. it's not really a hot take. Because Auburn, yeah. if I'd have told you in the bracket with Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky, they're making the Final Four, after they failed the year before, you'd have laughed at me. Yeah. So I think like you have to laugh at me, and that's why I'm kind of going Bama, but I do think Arkansas and Tennessee is really close to fitting that narrative. No, I, I just say Tennessee for that for that reason, is that they, they were supposed to be one of their better teams last year. They, they lost to Oregon State. Like, you know, it wasn't even a good Oregon State team really either, if we're being honest. Uh, and that's the Rick Barnes special, but they won the they won the SEC tournament for the first time since 1979, before any of us were born, if I'm not mistaken. So like, uh, you know, like we're, we like, weren't born like twice. That's double our age. Yeah, uh, you and I. I don't know how old Matt is because he's an enigma. I don't know. Like, I don't even know if he's a real person. So I'm not. Uh, I'm just a, I'm yeah, like a figment a, of my imagination. So, yeah, I am. Uh, yeah. but you're you're an older figment of my imagination. But I don't think you're 1979 old. So uh, like. That's that's the first time that they won the SEC tournament like since then, and that's like I mean we're entering March and finally Rick Barnes isn't crapping the bed at least in the conference. We got to see what happens in the NCAA tournament, but if he makes it past the second round, like you know, like that's that's further than he's gone in the last two years, and obviously like or since last year, and if he makes it past the Sweet Sixteen, it's the furthest he's gone like ever, right? So pretty pretty wild. I think he made a Final Four, didn't he? He did. Rick Barnes? Oh, I have no idea. Like I, I know Tennessee has only made one Elite Eight. They've never. I made think a they made it. Four. No, I think Rick Barnes went no three. With who? I don't know. Oh yeah, 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 you're right. He did. Good shit. So like, yeah. And it wasn't with Kevin Durant, which is a no, which is crazy. It was, like, it was absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah, T.J. Ford was the. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. that's it. That's it. So, so real quick question for you guys. I have, I was thinking this during the game yesterday. Just Kentucky versus Tennessee all the time. Like we'd obviously take the like I'd I'd one hundred percent lose to Rick Barnes twice each year if it meant we won the tournament. You know, like the SEC tournament and went further than Tennessee, or like in the third like the third matchup, right? So thinking about the previous matchups and thinking about John Fulkerson and Keon Brooks, are they essentially the same players? Just Fulkerson gets clout. As no. far as like consistency, as far as consistency, why would you ever say that? Because Keon Brooks will go. Don't compare for a, someone. No, no to listen, the listen, devil. listen, 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 Linda, listen, listen, Linda. Keon Brooks, Keon Brooks will show up, and he will be incredible, right? And and you're like this. Why why can't we get this consistently? That's the, that's his biggest thing is his consistency. He had a great game yesterday, by the way. Like you can't go any further without mentioning him. Anybody that slandered Keon Brooks yesterday deserves to leave the fan base. But 
he had that's he been had the case game. for the last two years. Yeah, obviously, yeah. So he he's it's just always been about consistency. He shows up, you know, maybe one every you know, one great no, game every like, pretty pretty much every game. game. I don't. There's some games that you're just like you you're left to desire more. No, is that not the same with dude? Yes, no. yes, it is. Here's no, the thing with Keon Brooks. Like, like, Keon, yes, there are sometimes you desire more from him, but it's always in games where you also desire more from the players that are above him. He's just like he's a very good role player. That yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it, it's I, the thing I hate. Like we always compare everything to the greats. We compare it to, and Keon Brooks is consistent for a really good D one athlete. Is he consistent for an All Star? Is he consistent for an NBA All Star? No. And the only problem is he's happened to, like a lot of guys, he's happened to be here at the same time as some potential all-stars or definite all-stars. And so that's that's my whole thing on the Keon Brooks thing. And, and I'll be honest with you, to your question, I don't follow Tennessee enough to know what that guy's situation is. Like, I don't know if he, does he disappear like Folky, a lot? Fulky, like, will have a great game and then, like, he will disappear for, like, two, three games and then have another great game. And, and that's my thing is that, but he gets no crap for it. And that's maybe because Tennessee just appreciates good players, unlike Kentucky well, fans. His expectations like, are Yeah, well, yes. But so my thing is, is Keon Brooks is like Keon – it's John Fulkerson and just Keon Brooks with clout. No, no, because I think if you took – if you put – I'm picking Indiana because I know Keon's from Indiana. If you put Keon Brooks on Indiana, he's putting up monster numbers. If you put him on a team that's mediocre with not a lot of players, uh, with not a lot of like elite talent – I don't know if you could say the same thing with Fulkerson. Like, I think if you put him with him, if it's, if Indiana is just him and Jackson Davis, they're both double double machines. And That's I don't know. Enough. Yeah, like this. Here's here's my thing: is I wanted to play devil's advocate. I actually think Keon Brooks is actually better than John Fulkerson. I just think it's more the expectations, like you're saying, Adele. It, well, it's uh, not. I know it, we're. Yeah, it's not that he has clout. He just has correct expectations, which are are our expectations of Keon are inflated in general and it's he's also has become a scapegoat whenever we play poorly because yeah. it's an easy thing to point to even if it's incorrect yeah. so and can we can we call it what it really is because i know we're supposed to be sec experts but majority of the country can't tell the difference between him number 25 and the other big guy that have like strange last names they're all three the same people I, yeah who's the 25 that shoots and I'm pretty but sure they Kevin, had another one like two or three Kevin years ago. That, or whatever, yeah. And was there another guy two or three years ago, or was it one of those three? Probably one of those three, but yeah. So, like, to me, they're all the same person. So, yeah. if you're asking me which one's great and which one's not, they're all just the same. Fair enough. So, all right. Um, instead of doing the matchup that we're excited for, give me your final four. Arkansas versus Kentucky, Arizona versus Wisconsin. I'm going – Texas Tech versus Kentucky, Arizona versus Iowa. Actually, I have Tech versus Kentucky, Arizona versus. This last one's tough for me because, like, it's do not it. a Wake Forest. Calm it. down. Do it, do it, do it. Auburn. You guys are going to call me crazy, but I'm looking at these matchups. I think Miami's going to make the Final Four. No. Oh. <laughs> Boo. I think um, so. So one thing I've noticed a trend. We all clearly have faith in Kentucky. We seem to have faith either in the matchup or the team of Arizona. And then it's really either indicative of what we think of that team 
or the other opponent that we all have. Like I have Wisconsin, he has Iowa, you have Miami. Uh, you both seem to have Texas Tech. I have Arkansas just because I think um, – draw a blank on his name. Number one that scores all Note. the points. J.D. Note. Note. I think he's going to get hot, and you kind of need he's that in this so tournament. Good. Kimba Walker okay. style. I could see him really get going. I Honestly, I'd be deathly afraid of Arkansas had they won the SEC tournament, just like kind of like that Kimba style where yeah. he just torched through it. And then – but it's so, funny I mean, I think we all – It's funny because if they beat Vermont, they probably play UConn. Yeah. In the yeah. second round, yeah. Can I can I be afraid? Can I be afraid to play UConn? Because this feel this feels like a team that we're going to beat everybody great, and then we're going to run into UConn, <laughs> and we're just like I don't even know. Because I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched I watched UConn once when UConn beat I think Villanova. I watched like the last five minutes. Yeah. Um. So I know nothing of UConn, and it just seems like the type of year that we would just demolish everybody and then run into UConn, and I just blah. I don't know. It's gonna and be a fun so bracket, I, though. Last random thought. You can be as pre- we're of course we're impressed. That's, I said thought weird. We're impressed because Kentucky went from nine and whatever sixteen to the record we have. Um, how about Oregon State going from elite eight to <laughs> three opposite. and thirty? Yeah, like three. You're a power. You're a D one. You're like a power five conference, and you win three games. It was great. in a non COVID year. Like yeah. how? Hey, they at three least won a game in conference. Yeah, that's true. They you say that as if there's like- other. T- Unlike Georgetown, that went over in their conference. Yeah, yeah. And how many games? Yeah. How many conference games did Georgia win? It can't be many more. I mean, they beat Bama. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it can't True. be many more. All right, they, did beat they, Bama, so. they won one. That was their only win. Yeah, which is absolutely insane. So, all right, guys, let's wrap things up. Um, this has been an incredibly fun episode. It's, but it's also almost eleven o'clock. We started at like I told you, bro. So yeah, yeah. seven yeah, fifteen. You did. Came you in. did. And I and I'm actually driving to the keys tomorrow. Luckily, I don't have to drive the whole time, but I'll probably be helping. So, um, yeah, this has been incredibly fun. This is going to be a great tournament. I can't wait. Uh, we're going to have probably like a like Sunday night version of this episode of this podcast next week. But I mean, it's going to be as games are playing. Kind of give the yeah, as we get through the first and second round, see what, what happens there. Uh, but it's going to be a great time. Can't wait to see how it fares. Make sure you fill out your brackets. I think we're going to, I'm going to post the link to a beers and bucket buckets bracket challenge. Go ahead and join that. That'd be kind of fun to see where we all fare. Uh, winner will get a sticker, uh, you know, something cool like that. We'll figure something out, but yeah. So Dal, where can we find you? Uh, at do underscore well, Harmon on Twitter. Um, yeah. Matt, where can we find you, man? Uh, don't even worry about it. After this episode, I'm going to take another three or four weeks off. So <laughs> I'm like Batman. I'm not the guy you want, but I'm the guy you need. You'll see me. I'll pop up occasionally. I'll be out there. Fair enough. Fair enough. You can find me at Twitter, Connor J. Caldwell, C-O-N-N-E-R-J Caldwell. Uh, you find me on Instagram as well. And, yeah, you guys appreciate you all listening and to this incredibly long episode, but it's going to be worth it. It's so fun. It was great time and you make sure you go follow all those guys that join the episode and give their podcast a listen uh, as you prep for march as you fill out your brackets so we appreciate you guys take care